This week's episode of Here's What I Don't Get is brought to you in part by Gambling Without the Chance of Winning. Gambling Without the Chance of Winning, available at every one of your favorite arcades for adults. That's right, main event, uh, Dave and Buster's, Chuck E. Cheese, any place where you can go spend money to win nothing, gambling for nothing. Thank you. Go go visit one of these places today or tomorrow or any time in the next few hours because they really are desperately need your money and they'll give you tickets but the tickets the tickets are worthless. Welcome back to Here's What I Don't Get from North to South, East to West, the only formerly on hiatus podcast to tackle all of life's toughest issues. I am your host, Tad Burton. With me today, as always, my friend, Tim the Handlebreaker. Hello. Welcome back, Tim. From hiatus? From hiatus. Well, oh, I, 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 we're not on hiatus. No. But someone else is on hiatus, which, uh, spoiler alert, there's going to be a big happening later in the episode, so stay tuned. If you're just joining us, stay tuned. Uh, Tim, how was your week? It was great. Um, you mentioned uh, gambling and not winning anything. Yeah, we went to a main event, which yeah. is one of those Dave and Bustery adult arcade places. Here's where I think we fucked up. Okay. We all bought the $20 wristband. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I did not play $20 worth of pool. No. So, uh, because the price for pool was nine dollars every half, half hour, hour. I think we were there for, for the four, table for four hours. Yeah, so we would have paid uh, two and a half hours of pool. You'd say yeah. two, two and a half, two. So that's six. Uh, that's what fifty-four dollars. I guess we were pretty close with the laser tag. Yeah, but we were right on the cusp of it not being worth it. Yeah. Plus the, oh. I think if we had bowled, it might have been worth it because the we bowling bowled, it would have been worth was, it. Was bowling is thirty? It was like thirty six dollars a person? Yeah. or something. It was ridiculous. Uh, yeah, for Tekken Tekken's birthday, he seems to like to do childish things for his birthday. You know, this two years now. Last year we went to uh, a theme park. This year we went to a yeah, Chuck but theme parks have roller Chuck coasters. E. Cheese. Yeah, I would rather have gone to Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. Yeah, because Chuck E. Cheese, well, I don't know if they're even still open, but Chuck E. Cheese, all the, you use tokens still. That's the fun part of Chuck E. Cheese, that there's still this, like, physical trade-off of tokens and, and the not machine, the, uh, and credit the card. tickets come out. Not the credit cards, yeah. But Chuck E. Cheese, like, 15 years ago or something, they switched to one token, one game. There's no... Really? Yeah. There's no... Um, like it's a, the it used to be like a Dave quarter. Busters, it, it, you swipe and it's like this game's two dollars, this game's six dollars, this game's a, a nickel. Uh-huh. Um, Dave and Buster's even worse because they do like you buy chips and you but get more chips per dollar you spend. So it's ah. it, and then the chips become tickets and it's all on your card and it just becomes this massively obfuscated economy where I know that I've put twenty five dollars in and I know that the prizes that I'm walking out of here are not worth twenty five. No, they're worth like two. But it's gone through so many exchange rates that I'm. It's hard for me to keep track yeah, of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Chuck E. Cheese. It was one game, one token, and huh. so you'd go with ten dollars worth of tokens, and that's forty fucking games. And yeah. that that was totally worth it. Versus Incredible Pizza, you go, you put twenty dollars on your card, you play five things, mm-hmm. and you're done. Uh, and it, and that and then even at Incredible Pizza and stuff, there are a bunch of games where you can't win tickets. No, well, they're just yeah, games to play for fun. Which 
takes down on your grand t- tally of yeah. how yeah. much you're actually spending. Yeah, I've, I've always hated arcades for that. It was funny. We, we were there, and I we were we we're going to pay, and I'm I see off in the distance an Injustice machine, and I was yeah. I went holy shit! I I didn't even know that they put that out in in arcades, and I was like, I'm going to beat y'all's asses at Injustice. It's the first one, but still. We go, we go buy it later. It's, it's a port of the mobile version. Um, yeah. So actually before we get into that, I, I, uh, I have two spite producer demands that I want to address right here at the top of the show. Uh huh. The first one is from Graybush, one of our longest running spite producers. And he said the next two weeks after the no sh- nerd shit weeks, mm-hmm. Extra nerd shit. Extra nerd shit. So we're doing we're doing two weeks of nerd issues. Uh-huh. Welcome to it. And then I also got a message from Matt from Minnesota uh, this week that said I'm, I'm going to look at pull it back up. But it basically it regarding the one of the voicemails that was last left mm-hmm. last week that was like two and a half minutes long. He said, um, "Please give Dead Helm a stern watch it." Ooh. So Dead Helm, watch it, watch buddy. it. Two and a half minute voicemails that are completely unintelligible. Uh, just watch it, buddy. Maybe he sent it to me directly. I don't know. I can't find it now. Uh, yeah, but it was there was a watch at a dead helm. Your thirty second. That's that's a warning that you might be back on the thirty second rule very soon. Very soon. Uh, Andrew Bircher's in the chat talking about arcade games. Yeah. So main event. The mobile port. There was there were a lot of mobile games because there was like yep. fla- a Flappy Bird machine you could play. Yep. There were uh, there was a couple other of those mobile games. That uh, just Candy big. Crush. Candy Crush. Yeah. Um, they had. Uh, I'd say I'm not good with any of the mobile games, but I remember seeing when I was there. I was like, oh, that's a mobile game. That's a mobile game. It's a mobile game. Yeah. A lot of those. I miss the good old fashioned days of just like ski ball, like Celebration Station, ski ball and go karts. Celebration Station. And was, Celebration Station had. Um, the police one. The police racer? No, the shooter. Oh, Area 51. Area 51. Or was it Time Crisis? No. The, they. I mean, I've played Time Crisis everywhere, but they specifically yeah. had Area 51 and another one. Like, it, it was a police... A police one. Police version of Area 51. Yeah. yeah. There there was an Aliens game that I kind of wanted to play, but there were three of us, and there's only two guns, and yeah. that's just no fun. One guy just standing there's mm-hmm. like, oh, you guys are doing good. You guys are doing good. They didn't have the one game that I went to. Uh, at the same time, though, at the same time, though, I would never like if it was just you and me or me and Truck and Tucker, uh-huh. I would never want to go back to play those games. No. Yeah. No. Uh, they had they didn't have one game you're looking for. Oh, um, I've only played it. It was at a place in Texas that was kind of like main event, a lot like main event, but bigger. It didn't have laser tag, but they had um, bumper cars outside. Uh, a weird like drag there's like a I mean like a dragster contest mm-hmm. thing uh, and it was it was a racing game but there was no pedals oh so that you just steered? it was it was a lot more like Mario Kart it was just steering and power-ups I see and it was actually pretty fun oh the, there was a Batman racing game that I thought would be fun but once again two seats not four. yeah I don't know if you noticed did you see the high scores on it no it would number one was like Sionis Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, that that's probably it, baked in. It was baked in, but yeah. I was, it was a nice little touch. We saw at some racer the number one score. Yeah. Remember what it was? That it was no. like the orange 
racing game. Yeah, the only one that you could race more than two people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the top score in that, D's nuts. Oh, that's right, D's nuts. Yeah. Yeah, but I think I think Truck and Tekken had a good birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we had fun. Before that, we uh, you grilled up some steaks. Yep, and, talked about yeah. that on the mini set, I think. They, those turned out pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yep, and uh, so what else? What else do you have going on this week? Um, nothing that I'm not going to get into in uh, wow, fun stuff in our issues. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. It's almost September. It is almost September. Spirit Halloween. Uh, there has taken some. We we went and ate lunch in this shopping center. Yeah, and there's already a Spirit Halloween. I don't think it's open yet. I don't think it opens till September first. Yeah. But uh, yep, it's the time. I hear the Spirit Halloween is moving into the embassy in Afghanistan. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Someone's got to move in. Someone's got to move in. Might yep. as well be Spirit Halloween. Uh, plus, uh, all the all you know what's going to help. They're a Halloween store. All those extra dead bodies. Yeah, right? super decorations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the FDA approved the big. Pfizer vaccine, yes. which means that the Johnson Johnson one and Moderna ones will also just be rammed through the system because you can't choose favorites. Yeah. Uh, despite the fact that all of the long-term testing results, they have only they all they're the deadlines for them to turn in their preliminary pro- protocols for oh, the long-term studies right. only pat only barely that deadline was like last week last week, and so there's I mean they're out. So like that, when the the due date of when the studies will be done are out. Yeah. The, uh, the due date of when they should be done and turned in are twenty twenty five and, and uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So definitely nothing political here. And then immediately the the president, President uh, Walter, gets up there and goes, uh, "Businesses should should be start mandating these uh, experimental gene treatments on their employees." You know, because I can't, we can't do it as the government, but you're a private business, you do what you want. The fact that the president gets up on television and, and, and makes that decree, uh-huh. totally fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and of course, they're like, well, now that it's FDA approved, all these vaccine hesitant people should just want to go get it. Like, well, no, they're not vaccine hesitant. They're vaccine don't fucking want it. The same way I don't want a Twinkie because I don't like Twinkies. <laughs> Uh, now you want to bring me some Oreos? I'll try some Oreos, yeah. but unless, but if you're going to give me an Oreo, a Twinkie, say it's an Oreo, say it's a new experimental Oreo that you're you're running consumer tests on, I'll tell you to go fuck yourself. More, it's more like, uh, oh, you like you like Oreos. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a uh, here's a off brand Twinkie. Yeah, <laughs> it's even even further divorced yeah. from the truth. Yeah, uh, Stranger th- Strange Planet. That cartoonist guy, uh-huh. he posted on Instagram yesterday this like post about how he was going to get his five month old son vaccinated as soon as he possibly could, and I and I was like, oh my god, and then I scrolled down and he look who commented, Dick Masterson, and they said <laughs> he comments and goes, did you get paid for doing this? <laughs> and then I looked at the comments under his, and one of them was this lady, and she's like, she's like. Oh yeah, these companies are so greedy. If these companies are so greedy, why are they giving the vaccines out for free? And and I just I just stopped laughing. Uh, just before we hit record, I finally stopped laughing at the fucking idiocy of comments like that. Yeah. You think that that shit's free? You think that the vaccine is free and Pfizer reporting billions in profit this year? Totally unrelated. People are like, here, let me give you a tip. 
thank you for protecting me from nothing. Since now I can still get it, I can still transmit and still die. Yeah. Appreciate it. Appreciate your hard work. Well, um, anything more you want to say here at the top of the show? There was something on my mind, but I, I forgot. Well, it feel now. free to take you a know. moment and you can think of it. Okay. Because I have to edit this part anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Not coming to me. Well, in that case, a certain podcast uh, missed an episode this week. So that, you know, I think you all know what it means it's time for. Welcome back to another Gavin about Godzilla, the only Godzilla short form podcast that records only when uh, certain other Godzilla podcasts miss their week. Their week. I'm your host, Tab Burt, with me as always, my friend Tim the Handlebreaker. How's it going? And today, very, very special guest, the owner of Hack the Movies, Johanna, scourge to gamer girls, bloggers all over the internet. <laughs> Joining us Hello. <laughs> uh, now, Johanna, I think from what I understand, you are something of a Godzilla fan. I am. Uh, and so we we this week we're talking about Godzilla versus Biolante, the second. That's film. awesome because uh, Tony has me doing shitty Godzilla movies. So what? it's fun to talk about a good one. What a dickhead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the second movie in the high sea era. 1989. Um, in Saudi Arabia, the title was Alazilla versus Biolante. Most people don't know <laughs> that. Um, so we all watched this. Well, Tim and I watched this together, but Johanna watched this separately from us. We haven't talked about it beforehand. Let's jump right into it. First off, Tim, what did you think of what's your like one sentence review of Godzilla versus Biolante? This is the best Godzilla movie. Wow. <laughs> wow, really? Johanna, what did you think of Godzilla versus Biolante? Uh, this is probably my third favorite Godzilla movie. Mm, I, I I don't know if it's my absolute favorite, but it's definitely up there. I really, really enjoyed watching it. The thing is, too, that this flopped in Japan. Yes. Uh, apparently, they did not like the... So let's talk about characters uh, and just skip right to Biolante, because that is uh, an amazing feat of like yeah. film. It's a It's like a man and a puppet. And some special effects going yeah. on in there, and it looks awesome. Every time it's on screen, uh, I mean, from the the op- from that like the lab segment where it kills those dudes breaking into the lab, to oh, that's horrifying. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing's horrifying. It's like shooting up through the floor and dragging yeah. dudes away. I mean, that was like that was a great horror. Movie. Like the thing levels of yes. horror, um, and then into the water where it's it. It's just like a the weird plant water thing, uh, and then the end when it turns into a weird crocodile flower with all yeah. these vines. It's just an it's a marvel of like puppeteering and engineering. Yeah. On the last episode of Castilla, Johanna mentioned seeing a statue of this at uh, another one of the cons you were at. Uh, it was Otacon. It yeah. actually like. Um, glue like you would uh, plug it in and it light up. That's awesome. That's really yeah, cool. I had no idea. I, I was going to get it, but it was a lot of money. <laughs> I had 
uh, I hadn't watched this movie when they were telling that story, but I oh. knew we were going to. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, that'll be neat. And then it was on screen, and I was like, wow, this thing is fucking dope. The, yeah. the final <laughs> segment where it's got, like, it opens its mouth, and its mouth is just nothing but teeth, yeah. top and bottom. Yeah. Ugh. And it, <laughs> it, like, drags Godzilla's head in and starts biting him. Oh, man. She's probably one of the best-designed monsters. And so from what I understand, this is not... Uh, this is not like a huge hit with Godzilla fans. Am I correct in that? Yeah, and I don't know why. I, I don't know why either. The character-wise in the humans, there's nobody that's like grossly offensive. Uh, one of my favorite moments of the movie was the ESP girl. She just stands on the oil platform yeah. and then Godzilla glows red and then she passes out. And, <laughs> and meanwhile, in the like command center, they're like, well, maybe this girl can buy us some time to evacuate Osaka. And she buys them all of about like 45 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Have you, you I'm assuming you guys saw the very first Godzilla movie ever. Yes. Uh, the, okay. the 1950s one. Yes. No, I have not seen it. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, so, well, uh, what was your name again? Tim. Okay. Uh, basically, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but um, the one character, um, I think his name was Gondo. In his office, there's actually, um, like, it's like for two seconds, um, the oxygen destroyer is actually shown. Like, the oh, thing that, like, I, kills Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's like there for like a split second, and I saw it. And I'm just like, oh shit. <laughs> uh, that's right, because this is direct continuity to the original. The mm -hmm. original, the 1985, and then this one is all one continuing story. This is the Halloween Lives of <laughs> <laughs> Godzilla movies. Uh, it, um, the I like the storyline with the doctor and his daughter and him like there's a really human aspect to the way he wants to resurrect his daughter or keep her alive somehow by putting her soul into these flowers. And it's much better than any of the shit that was in the last one. Yeah. God ver <laughs> Godzilla versus Kong or no, uh, return of Godzilla, return of Godzilla. Yeah. All the, all the human relationship stuff in return of Godzilla. It, it was, was completely forgettable. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I think that's, our, that's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. I think our favorite human character was John wick. John wick. Who appeared in this movie. <laughs> uh, he was, he was just this. So the, the movie is over. Like the, the thing has been completely taken care of. And then John wick appears again. The, that's what we called him because we yeah. didn't catch his name. He worked for the oil corporation. And, oh yeah. And, he, and then there's like, Oh yeah, we have to wrap up that storyline real quick. So they go on like a car chase and then the two guys fight. Yeah. It was, it was so, it was so crazy, but it's still enjoyable. Yeah. It was funny. We were like, this is the perfect moment to end this movie. And then it keeps going. And you're like, you, at first you go, Oh, but then it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, as far as the visuals go, this movie is like a step down in the in the it's a they I think I don't know if they relaxed the budget or or what, but the cityscapes are like not quite as detailed. They yep. don't look quite as good, but it's really forgivable because yeah. they do a lot with what they do have. There's a sequence where Godzilla fights a bunch of like Navy destroyer ships. Yeah. And then their new X two that that whole X two thing is cool too. With the it has a it, it opens, opens up, up in the front and yeah. reflects his atomic breath back at him, and and he's destroying these boats and all that looked 
It just looked great. Yep. And they I think they redesigned Godzilla slightly. He had less cartoonish eyes. Less cartoon cartoonish eyes, which really kind of took me out of the last movie. It made it seem all that more cheap. Yeah. Yeah. It did. Uh, I do like his mouth a lot in this one, though, including his teeth. It looks really good. He And his tongue. There's, yeah. there's yeah. some times where he's, like, crying out in pain and stuff, and they really made what is a, a puppet emote mm-hmm. well. And then and then on top of all of that is the Biolante creature. Yeah. So good. <laughs> and uh, so there's a seat there. They, they're trying to kill. They think Godzilla kills Biolante and they're trying to stop Godzilla now after he destroys Osaka. And then they like catch him in these hills and he is stepping on these like electricity mines and they're shooting electricity at him. Well, they're not shooting electricity at him. They're like using, they're, they're using lightning. Cannons. They're shooting lightning. at him. <laughs> and the Biolante creature then appears and the earth like collapses away. And that whole sequence just looks incredible. Like yep. the amount of artistry in the sets that they had to have built. And I've, you know, obviously we're watching this and it's, Oh, that this is all miniature, but it's just, it's just fascinating to see. I mean, it's straight out of my Power Rangers childhood memories. Oh. What I imagined the Power Rangers looked like. Yeah. And now what they really what now what it now really what it looked, looked like. Looked like. Yeah. yeah. Uh speaking of Power Rangers, the X2 ship when they launch it, they like launch it out of it comes out of this this gate on a sled and the sled releases these clamps and it flies up in the air and when we watched it, I was I started like humming the Power Rangers theme cuz it felt <laughs> Very power. Oh yeah, very Power it, Rangers Turbo. Super. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there were some some early computer graphics in this movie. Yeah, and I mean they used it. They used it a lot for all the tracking and mm-hmm. uh, scientific stuff, but it it doesn't seem out of date somehow. Not not wildly out of date because it's so simple. Like the vector graphics are so simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't look like bad CG. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and it's, I guess that's what that's supposed to be is the wireframe graphics. Yeah. It, it's like they're targeting scanners. At one point they they like show, they do this really great transition where they've got the wireframe battlefield with Godzilla marching in. And then they, uh, the camera moves to the wireframe and then they mesh up the new actual shot footage. Yes. So I wonder if the wireframe stuff was done as a pre-visualization stuff so they could figure out spacing and oh, maybe. set design. Yeah. Um, and I thought that scene was really cool. And they do it twice. They do it once with the boats. They have like the boats coming in at Godzilla and they do it and then they do it again at the end. And both times I was I thought, man, what a great what a great way to make this computer make sense. And in, and what and what I'm guessing was pre-vis making that not just wasted work. Yes. Um, what was your favorite segment of the movie, Johanna? See, I really love the last fight. Um, just the whole part where, uh, Biolante goes and is like biting on Godzilla, like on his head. Yeah. And then he, uh, you know, uses his atomic breath or whatever. And, Right through her mouth goes out the back of her head. Oh, <laughs> and also by was like, was like the best scene. <laughs> like skewers his palm, Godzilla's palm yeah. through it, and like stigmata, like stigmata, and yeah. that was brutal. Uh-huh. Man, that was brutal. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot more uh, blood. 
Yes. In this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that whole final battle was just, it was... Which intense. I think because it, because the puppetry is so good, it didn't like we didn't like we weren't going oh look at that fake green blood like in the first one when that giant tick is on the guy mm-hmm. yeah and it just looks like it's made <laughs> out of paper mache uh, yeah um, I honestly um, I thought the stakes felt higher here in this movie from 1989 than the newer one um, the King of the Monsters when it was Godzilla and King Ghidorah yeah. I felt like Biollante was like actually a bigger threat to Godzilla, at least, because technically Biollante would be like the good guy in this one. Yeah, I I thought the stakes were better in this one than uh, uh, Godzilla versus King Kong. Oh yeah, because yeah, that too. Yeah. By the end of that movie, it was just I was so numb to everything that was happening. And they even do, there's the um, you love the uh, the like seaside attack in this one. Yes, which is like kind of the same scene as in Godzilla vs. Kong where the Kong's on the on the, that boat on that boat and Godzilla attacks and that scene in Godzilla vs. Kong is just it's I hated it. It was the worst. <laughs> the camera is the camera is nowhere and everywhere at all times. Like it's doing these <laughs> impossible 360 flips in the air. Whereas this one, yeah, I know it's like miniatures in a pool and a guy in a rubber suit, but it looks so much cooler. Yeah. Uh, I do enjoy uh, Godzilla versus Kong, but the main reason I absolutely love that movie is because I got to tell Tony he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we, had, we had a bet on um, who, who would win, win, and then the loser had to read um, a speech prepared by the other person. And his speech for me, um, I never had to read it, except for I think I did it on Castilla, which was whatever. But um, no one listens to it. Uh, it was like listen. a paragraph. And on Hack the Movies, uh, when we did the actual review, I had a page long thing written out that he had to read to like over 10,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Um, one of the things about this movie, exposition wise, is that it's very front exposition. Yes. So mm-hmm. we're, we're, we start this movie out and and... It's about 30 minutes before Godzilla shows up because Godzilla's still in the volcano from the, the last movie. And so they're setting up the world. They're explaining the daughter and all this. But then then it like takes this hard left turn into being about ESP. <laughs> and and there, it makes sense by the end of the film. Yeah. Yeah. But in the first 30 minutes, you're like, what in the hell is going on? And it was already crazy with the genetic engineering Yes, uh, because they're they're using genetic engineering. They're using Godzilla's DNA and flowers to try and make like ultimate f- to make wheat that will grow in the desert. Yeah. yeah, and and then there's an explosion and that kills this guy's daughter. So then he somehow I guess takes her DNA and Rose DNA and Godzilla DNA and that's what becomes Biollante. Yeah. And. But we, in order to know that she's in there, we need to have the ESP. But so they're explaining all this, and once that happens, that's pretty much it for the exposition of the film. Uh, There's some um, like corporate espionage and sabotage subplot. Yeah. But going they don't on. even really get into that. No, it's they just don't. Happening, and, you, you know, just know you it's happening. Figure it out. Yeah. Which I, I forgot it was happening. <laughs> well, yeah, we we were we uh, we watched the American version, and then we were just. Okay. Uh, looking at the Japanese version to see if there's any major differences. And it, from what we saw, it looks like it's pretty much the same movie, just not dubbed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and 
Though they did, they they redubbed. Now, Johanna, will pro- you watched the Japanese version, right? Yes. So the uh, the oil magnet guy, the head of the oil corporation, did he speak English in that? No. Huh. Okay, that's weird because his lips are speaking English, and in the American version, it's very clearly still dubbed. Yeah. He's very clearly speaking English, but he's still dubbed over by a different voice actor. Hmm. I wonder if it's different because I watched it on um, this Blu-ray rip that Tony gave me because he just literally gave me this big collection of just Blu-ray stuff. I wonder if it's just different on there. I should compare it to the one that's on the Internet Archive. That was the Japanese version that, yeah, we scrubbed through and and we were we weren't even really watching it. It was just on and kind of keeping an eye on it. But in Mm. the American version, which I downloaded, which I think is from the recent blu-ray release yeah in that one he's weirdly done. there were a couple of people that spoke that their mouths were saying what they were saying but their voices were clearly coming from a sound booth somewhere yes. in <laughs> the distance do you want to talk about the music i would love to talk about the music tim <laughs> uh the music in this movie is wacko <laughs> i would put it they there is music in this movie that I don't know where it came from. There's the because it did not belong in this movie. There's almost the Superman theme. <laughs> they almost yeah. one of the songs is almost the Superman theme. Um, I forgot to hit record on the video. There's uh, um, musical cues that seem oddly timed. Yeah, and there's musical cues that seem out of place, like uh, emotion wise. I don't know what happened. Uh, it was I can't even explain that. <laughs> it was as if they found uh, they had music that they liked and they put it in and they're like, yeah, we can't get the rights to this. And so they just quickly went and put something else in. Or kind of like you said uh, to me earlier, it's like they had the CD of the music, right? This like, Here's all this. Here's the CD with like all the timing of the music mm-hmm. and everything got shifted by one track. <laughs> I don't know if you guys ever saw the um, Godzilla versus Ebra, Ebra, whatever it's called. It's the giant lobster monster. Nope. Okay, basically the music cues in that kind of reminded me of the like that movie because for some reason it was like weird like California surfer music <laughs> happening in that movie, and I don't know why. Yeah, that's sur- surfer music. <laughs> surfer music sounds like a weird direction to go for godzilla that's what the it, mu- it was weird <laughs> and when i son uh son of godzilla in that movie the music is oh my god bizarre yeah that the whole movie's trash <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is that's the worst god no 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 uh no king kong versus godzilla is the worst godzilla movie i've ever seen oh wow yeah i hated that movie it's i fell asleep <laughs> during it I'm torn. I'm torn because Godzilla 2014 also sucks. Because uh, it it's like two and a half hours long and yes. there's seven minutes of Godzilla in there. Uh-huh. Uh, I do appreciate some of the cinematography in that first one, though. Yeah. I love... There are some really gorgeous shots in Godzilla versus Biollante. Yes, there were. There's a shot when they first see Biollante where these four main characters like line up and they have them nicely staggered in frame, so they're all in the frame. And yeah. then it pivots 90 degrees to, to show them from the front and still keeps them in the shot. Mm-hmm. And it's just so nicely composed that yeah. uh, it's just some really interesting filmmaking. They do it with the miniatures. They I think they 
they do a lot of good angles. Just in general, there's a to lot keep of Godzilla yep, looking, looking sinister. Yes. Uh, there's some really cool um, shots with the miniatures where the like the don't make them look like miniatures. Like when it's on a helicopter, mm-hmm. um, it it just all all in all, it has some of the best cinematography uh, of a Godzilla movie that I've seen. It, it, yeah, it's up there. I'm I'm trying to think of any more shots that were that really stick out in my mind as far as I mean that whole last fight is so well shot that i mean you 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 like lose track that we're watching like two men in suits at 30 puppeteers yeah 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 that last fight i mean the movie pacing wise the movie doesn't really have many lulls like i said it's front loaded with exposition but then once godzilla hits there's like the godzilla versus biolante fight and then he destroys osaka and then he's at the final battlefield like yeah. it just clips along for the rest of that and and that's like the good editing and i think that that helps build it to that final battle and making that final battle really happen yeah and and even with the like I don't know what you'd even call it. An epilogue of sorts with the, with John, Wick. the second ending. Yeah. You don't really mind that because I don't, you, you could have lived without it. I think that that's something you could have just, you could yeah. have wrapped up in another movie. Uh, but they decided to just end it right there. And that was odd, but it didn't disturb anything. It didn't, it didn't feel like uh, the sixth or not the sixth sense unbreakable. Where the movie ends, and then another scene happens. You're like, that's oh, okay. right. And then that's it ends right. again. You're like, oh, okay, that's the great revelation. And then there's another long mm-hmm. scene that ends again. Didn't feel like that at all. It was very nicely, another action-packed little thing. Nice little pacing. Nice little characters arc doing their little character thing. It was it was good. Um, I don't understand why it was dumped on in Japan. Yeah, me either. Bad taste. No. <laughs> um, did you guys see the uh, alternate ending? No. What's the alternate ending? So basically the alternate ending, basically, uh, Biolante saves Godzilla by giving her life force to him. Oh, and then, huh. like, when that's happening, it turns into, like, an actual animated flower. Okay. Huh. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's literally, like, a two-second thing. I guess uh, in the original version of Biolante the it had a human face yeah because the daughter yeah. was actually still part of it that yeah and they they don't do that but they they uh when biolante dies you see like they superimpose the face of the daughter in the sky that was very weird and it was very funny <laughs> <laughs> like it was like the teletubby's son yeah <laughs> yeah as i thought far- of um what the heck is that? Uh, Van Helsing, when um, what's her name from freaking Underworld and shit? Kate Beckinsdale. Yeah, and her face is like in the like the moon and clouds. I was like, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in like a long, long Me time. Either. Literally, that, it, that's the only scene I remember from it. <laughs> uh, Easter egg wise, you were looking up trivia. Did you find anything interesting in there? Uh, no, the only trivia I really was interested in was the, the making of the, the Biolante, um, like suit. Um, uh, apparently the idea for Biolante was, uh, they had a, like a, um, a contest to 
like for ideas for the sequel to Return of Godzilla. Yeah. And it's it was some dentist had this idea for Biolante. Um he he was he was having thoughts about his daughter and what would happen if she died. You just, just you, you kind of have those yeah. familial thoughts, and he combined that with um, a mental image he had of Godzilla being consumed by a flower, and so um, yeah, he came out. He he like did a sketch and sent it in, and they uh, they used it. That's the other funny thing with the ESP kids. They're all drawing Godzilla. They're like, like, what is what's going on with all these ESP kids? And they're all drawing Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, the volcano that Godzilla fell into five years ago is like having a lot of seismic activity, and there are people filming with cameras and shit. It's like all these ESP kids are drawing Godzilla, and that volcano is smoking and sputtering. <laughs> Must be a coincidence. And the kids. There's the nothing volcano. going on. It's fine. <laughs> And all uh, something I didn't understand. Um, John Wick kills this guy who's driving around in a van, and there's a timer going on in the van, and they don't get to the timer in time, so the volcano erupts. And I was not, I have no idea what was going on in that part of the movie. Absolutely none. Uh, just yeah, I mean, I remember the action scene of of uh, him shooting the guys in the truck. Uh, so. I'll also say, from what I understand, following this movie, because it was underperformed in Japan, they decided to know to this because Biolante was created for this movie. Yes. Instead of doing that, they go back to just the classic monsters. And I think the next one he is fighting Ghidorah. Ghidorah. Yep. I think. What a bummer. Yeah. And then. Not that I'm biased or anything, but after that comes Mothra. So. Mm. <laughs> Well, the next time you guys miss two weeks, we'll be watching the Mothra one. <laughs> oh, <the> next week? <laughs> oh, you're missing next week? Tim, get ready. Ghidorah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's disappointing because I think that, I don't know, I think that this was, as, of all the monsters I've seen, this one was the most not like Godzilla. If yeah, it, it honestly doesn't have to be Godzilla. It could be whatever type of monster. Yeah, yeah, it, but like Ghidorah is Ghidorah the three-headed dragon. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and then there's Mecha Godzilla. So you have three-headed Godzilla. You have Mecha Godzilla. Mothra, Space, Space, Ma- Godzilla. Space Godzilla. You have Mothra. Obviously, is not another Godzilla. Uh-huh. But this one is Gamera is just a turtle, big turtle, yeah. which is also what kind of Godzilla is. This one was. And the tentacles that adds a whole level to uh-huh. it, and the way it it was almost Real like Japanese. a jellyfish. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was almost like a jellyfish, and then it was it was grabbing onto its prey and drawing it in, and, th- and that was that added that tension mm-hmm. in the final battle where it's dragging Godzilla in, and Godzilla's like you know impaled in the hand and blasting it with its atomic breath, and yeah, because otherwise it's you, it's they're like wrestling. Yeah, they're just kind of punching. Yeah. Or uh, tail swatting, yeah. yeah. It, it was, and I liked the message behind it. Yeah, which is crazy considering how I think the message in this one is just as present as Return of Godzilla, but somehow Return of Godzilla just seems to have like is Return of Godzilla, which is ramming you in the face with, with <laughs> nukes bad, nukes bad, nukes bad, nukes bad. 
Yeah. And and like the with the father and the daughter thing, it comes from a very human place, mm-hmm. the the urge to create yeah. this. And but there's there's a message in there about loss and how we handle it. And there's also a message in there about like the natural order of things. Yeah. Genetic engineering, how nature will always come back to bite you in the ass. And it's. I think that is what every Godzilla movie uh, after this uh, that I've, you know, 98, 2014, Godzilla versus Kong. They all lack that moral core that makes it it's the core it, of Godzilla. Yeah, it makes it more yeah. than just monsters fighting. Yeah, because I, I, when we were watching it, I was I was telling Tab like, th- to me the core of like this one, the Biolante is so the Godzilla versus Biolante is so great because there's points where you're rooting for Godzilla, there's points where you're rooting against Godzilla, and neither of them are uh, at odds. At odds. Yeah. Yeah. That when Godzilla's destroying the city, you're like, yeah, yeah. you 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 crushed the fuck <laughs> out of that building. This is awesome. Or like the dudes uh, try to shoot; they're shooting him with the rockets. Yeah, and the, he sneaks up on the one guy. Yeah. That's great. And, but then conversely, when they open up that X two pod and uh-huh. start shooting him with his own atomic breath, yep. you're also like, yeah, we got science, Godzilla. <laughs> We're gonna blast you back in the next week. Yeah. <laughs> And then he's fighting Biolante and he gets like speared through the hand and you're like, oh no. <laughs> it's a roller coaster emotion. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I guess I guess that's pretty much all we have to Johanna, is there anything else you want to say about uh Godzilla versus Biolante? Uh no, that's pretty much it. Well, I wanna thank you so much for joining us for this Gavin about Godzilla. Uh there's only <laughs> half of the episode worth of video because I fucked up and didn't push that button. I hit the record <laughs> button though, so there's gonna be audio. Uh, in closing, I think we already said everyone's favorite. T- Johanna, would you recommend Godzilla versus Biolante to a first-time Godzilla watcher if this is their first Godzilla movie? Probably, yeah. Tim? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. I definitely would, too. I think that you can absolutely enjoy the, just the cultural consciousness yep. of Godzilla is enough to in, absolutely enjoy this movie. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, that's all the Gavin we have to do. Johanna, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Um, Thanks for having me. Please feel free to plug any properties in which that you are appearing soon. Uh, well, I will be on an episode of Hack the Movies, not in the upcoming weeks, but uh, we're doing The Others. With Nicole, Nicole, Kidman. Nicole Kidman movie? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, so I will be in that, and uh, if I feel like it, I will probably be on a episode of Castella versus the Pod Monster, probably Sunday, maybe if I feel like it. But I don't know. I think I might stay with Gavin with Godzilla. Or Gavin <laughs> oh <about> no! Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, well, you're always welcome at the Gavin about Godzilla headquarters. <laughs> We're on your schedule. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well that's it for us stay tuned for the rest of the episode of here's what I don't get and until next time keep on gabbing Well, thank you, uh, Johanna, once again for doing that with us back into the regular part of the episode. 
And it's time for some issues, Tim. So, Tim, what is your first issue this week? Here's what I don't get. The brittle house of cards that is Skyrim. Get the fuck out of the studio. <laughs> You've gone a fucking bridge too far. Don't you dare. Don't you ever. You better come in. You better come right. You come in here fucking talking half talk about Skyrim. <laughs> Uh, so as everyone knows, we, b- both of us have been, uh, replaying Skyrim lately. Uh, and, uh, this comes on the heels, uh, this issue comes on the heels of the announcement last week. Of course, it's Skyrim's 10th anniversary. So what are they going to do? Re-release it again. Tim, I went and did a little bit of research uh-huh. after, uh, after they announced that, yeah, because the big feature, the new feature in Skyrim is fishing. fishing, right? Yes. So I went to the Nexus mods and I went and rolled back all the way to like original Skyrim because uh-huh. they have different. Uh, uh, yeah, Nexus has the legendary edition and special, special edition, edition are separate, separate from the original. Yeah. So I went back to the original one and just searched fishing, and there were like. Uh, I want to say five or six pages Yep. and the oldest one, you know, oldest and newest, the oldest one was from like 2012, yeah. January of 2012 or something. So they just went on the Nexus mods and were like, who's got a fishing thing? Copy paste. paste. Yeah. Send it out. It's a brand new game. Yeah. And then the, hey, so, what if I imagine that meme, right? In the board meeting. Yeah. Like, uh, it's Skyrim's 10th anniversary. What should we do? Uh, well, we could add fishing. Uh, we could give, you know, definitely need to re-release it. What what new features? Add fishing, and then the guy's like, "Couldn't we just uh, patch some of the bugs that have been in the game since day one?" And that guy gets thrown <laughs> off. Over there. Um, yeah, so you got uh, anniversary edition coming out. It's going to be packaged uh, with uh, over five hundred of the Creation Club mods, yeah, which are all garbage. Those those are the mods that Bethesda handpicked that you should be able to pay for. Yeah. Uh, with you, you had to pay for them with uh special Bethesda edition. points. Yeah. With, spe- with special Bethesda coins. Um, and, and nobody did that because there were, there were literally mods on the Nexus mods to just mod in creation club content. Yes. So stupid. Um, so I assume they packaged all that thing into one thing. And it's going to yeah. be another ESP, and you're going to download a 10 gig file on P- on Steam, and now you're upgraded to the legend to the anniversary edition. They say the special edition is going to get a free upgrade, but yeah. my, my question in that is going to be: Is it going to fuck all my mods? That's for the, the thing. current version, yeah. which I'm guessing is definitely. Oh, uh, I absolutely. So no one's going to do it because if I wanted fishing, well, it'll so it'll just add it to you. It'll just add the new one to your account. Ah. it won't replace it. Well, it shouldn't. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Uh, anyways, so we, of course we're both playing heavily modded games, you and I, and uh, I've been running into, into some mod issues um, as I'm playing, and uh, I thought I thought I had everything good, right? There was a good fifteen counted playtime hours mm-hmm. where mods were not giving me any like critical issues. Yeah. I, I thought I had solved all this, all the stuff, um, but I'm playing Skyrim and, uh, uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure I know what happened, mm-hmm. but I go into this, uh, 
You know, in um, Carthwayson, there's that d- abandoned, disheveled house. Maybe. So in Carthwayson is just like three houses. Yeah. Well, there's like an there's like an abandoned, broken down one. Uh, and in there, in this mod, this guy has made like a little cellar door, where um, you start. It, you start by finding a letter in uh, the Jarl of Markarth's room. Mm-hmm. You find a letter about like uh, heretical worship of uh, RK. And so you go to somewhere else and that leads you to another letter. And it's this little story about these, um, uh, this, these crusaders against heretical worship of RK. Yeah. And it leads you to Carthwaste and, and there's this little, in this, dilapidated home there's a there's a shrine there's a bunch of amulets of rk you're like oh shit shit has gone down here and there's a little trap door and you open the trap door and it's a tiny little uh like a basement room mm-hmm. that the, he has modded into into that house um and there's two crusaders in there to fight uh, to fight and you get their cool ass armor um and there's coffins everywhere and there's like a five part letter you can read about what they've been doing. So I went down there with Lydia, my follower. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I'm wearing this, um, it's called crusader King armor. It looks like kind of looks like the witch King from Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. It's really cool. It's got like spiky shit on it, but it gives you the power to cast a, a spell called locust swarm. And there's locust swarm one, two, and three, the three little, and I equipped locust storm, uh, two, and you can only use it when you're when you're wearing that armor. Yeah. But it just summons uh, at level two. I think it summons ten uh, locusts um, that just swarm the enemies. And so I use it to distract this, them, or uh, both. They're doing damage to them and distract them while I'm hitting them with you know my stuff. Because um, I had tried this like twenty hours earlier in this save, and they were immediately way too powerful. So when I went back, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna do." I'm, I summon a Daedra with Lord with the uh, the staff of the Sanguine Rose, Sanguine Rose, and I do the Locust thing, and I'm shooting electricity at him, and I'm shouting at him. I get him down, and uh, I'm looking for these this five page um, thing, and then I leave, and I go to my next destination. Done playing for the night pick it up the next the next day and uh i go through the red eagle um storyline storyline yeah. which i have a mod for which makes it a lot cooler okay and it's one of it's it's one of out of not just the skyrim mods i played out of any mod like additional content not by the creators of the game mm-hmm. it's probably the best i've ever played okay um, it completely it, it it redoes the Red Eagle stuff. It gives you um, it redoes him. It redoes all the stuff you can find in there. It gives you a shitload. Like this is supposed to be like this grand ancient ancient legend. tomb and yeah. legend. So there's a they, they throw a bunch of new loot in there for you. Do you get both swords? Yes. Cool. Yeah, because you got to put the sword in the thing, and then yeah. you go in and. Uh, you get loot and come back out and pull the sword out and it's changed. Um, and the fight was great too. You know, he pops up and then like 10 other, um, they're just reskinned, uh, Drager, but that was a great fight. I'm using a, I was using a 
spell. I think it's from um, Apocalypse. That's called Bone Spirit, yeah. which you shoot a, this uh, ball of light and does extra damage towards undead. It, you shoot it at them and then it explodes and shatters on the ground and hits more undead. Uh, it's great, which is why it sucks when I then I then I leave and figure out I haven't seen Lydia in two hours oh, of playing. No. And I she she didn't die. No. Um she just got lost somewhere. Well, I go back I was like, I think the last place I saw her was in that Carthwaston basement with the Crusaders. So I go down there, she's not there. Um I can't think of anywhere else where suddenly she would be. Suddenly playing Fallout Four. Yeah, suddenly I'm playing Sean! Fall- <laughs> Sean! Sean! Or uh, Heavy Rain. Yeah. Um, and I cannot think of where she can be. So I go to console command. I console command her to to my location. Mm-hmm. Nothing. I look around. Nothing happened. See I you. go to her location. It loads me into, it reloads me into Carthwaston in, on the porch of that dilapidated house. She and was, yeah. I go walk far away. Do it again, and it loads me on that porch of that dilapidated house. She's stuck underneath the geometry of that house in that modded, underneath that modded room yeah. that that the mod uh, guy stuck in there. Yeah. Uh, so I've lost my follower. I've lost all the all of my stuff she had with her. Just TCL. What do you mean? Uh, clone, clone her? No, no. Uh, or, uh, turn collisions off. Walk underneath the the world. Take your shit back and then walk. Oh, back so out. I, I don't know that that's what I don't know that's what's happened, mm. but that's what I assume has happened. Eventually, I got to I went to Bree's home mm-hmm. and did it again. So did it again to call her to me. And now, if I, uh, I now I've 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 done it again and went out outside of White Run and did move to player. Now she's in Bree's home, invisible. Now she's in Bree's home, invisible. Because here's the thing. Skyrim is built on a brittle house. It's built with a brittle house of cards. Yeah. Uh, which is why, like, the, the vanilla game already is so buggy. And So I had the same thing happen to me on my main playthrough of Skyrim yeah. from years and years ago. But I was playing on the Xbox. So when my yes. follower disappeared, that was it. Yeah. That, that thing was lost, and yep. I, I've lived with that loss since then. Yeah, like losing, like like your your dog dying. Yes. Uh, I, what follower I, was it? A Serana, my favorite follower. Oh, I have a bunch of Serana mods. Yeah, make her big a titty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it just adds a bunch of like cool dialogue and stuff for her. Yeah, she is. She was the her and Freya from the Dragonborn uh-huh. DLC. Both of them are like way smarter AI than any yep. of the other in game followers. So they were a lot more fun to play with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just disappeared one day, never was able to find her. And I just, I just had to live with that loss. Well, so here's the thing, you're, right? You're, you're console commanding yourself all around. I you, still can't get her there. Cause, Cause I was like, well, maybe she's dead. Yeah. But I'll never know, Tim. I will never know what happened to Saran in that playthrough. So, so I don't know. You must know this. If a follow of yours dies. Mm hmm. They get a tomb in white in the Hall of the Dead in White Run. Yeah. Okay. So did you go there? Uh, yeah, she didn't never got a tomb. She just vanished. Yeah, from that's the game. so she's not dead. That's what I, I that's what I did. I checked the tomb. Yeah. She's not there. So I know she's not dead. And I could clone Lydia. Yeah. 
but I know that the clones are real buggy. Yeah. Um, and if I could find her body, I'd be able to resurrect her. Um, with console commands? With console commands, but without any of my shit. I have her wearing the best heavy armor I found in the game that I found. Uh, it, it came in one of the uh, like armory packs I got from the Nexus. So it's mm-hmm. like, this has 300 um, Nexus uh, armor sets in it. I've gathered all these, my, all my favorite armors from other creators and put them in this one mod ESP yeah. for you. Um, it's, uh, it's a remake of a dark souls armor. Uh, and, uh, it's supposed to appear. I went, I went and looked it up. It's supposed to appear like at two different places, but for some reason, uh, eight copies of eight entire copies of the armor appear in the hall of the dead in Markarth. <laughs> so with my unlimited, with my, not near, not unlimited. I think I have like 3,500 carry, carry weight. weight. Um, with my 3,500 carry weight, I grabbed all eight sets of that armor and plan to just use them as like gold. Just like anytime, just, just I'm going to sell all of them. Mm. Um, I thought, maybe but, but I gave one on set. All your followers and then well, your followers will all be uniform. I gave one set to Lydia. Uh, and of course I have amazing follower tweaks on, Yeah, um, which I always put uh, no helmets except for in battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she has, um, she has a dwarven greatsword, uh, some enchanted dwarven greatsword and that set of armor, um, and a bunch of my other shit. Uh, so what I did was, uh, I was like, fine, I will go get another follower. Yeah. I'll start over. I started making my way up the mountain and Skyrim crashes. And it's a crash I've seen before. Because uh, crash, I have the crash fixes mod, which is like, hey, shit, shit went bad. Here's some of the most recent shit Skyrim was doing. Yeah. I said, well, the last time I saw this mod was when my ENB fucked up. Uh-oh. And uh, I, went, I, I go and undo my ENB. Sure enough, game starts playing just fine. So I hit escape and I go, you know what? I've decided I am a proud single black woman that don't need no ENB. Yeah. Uh, game looks fine. Yeah. Like sure. The ENB is like a couple, some smoke and mirrors. I was using it. I was using a cool one that gave me a little bit of letterbox, mm-hmm. just that little bit. Um, and like HDR and like, you know, adaptive contrast and, uh, brightness stuff or indoor outdoor stuff. It looked great. But I was like, you know what? The fun of playing the game is playing the game, right? Yeah, not figuring out why this game is crashing. Exactly. So I make sure that's all off, go back to playing, and it crashes again. But I don't get no crash fix. So I'm like, motherfucker, it wasn't the ENB. But it's 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 fine. I've decided I'm a strong, proud black woman that don't need no ENB. Um, uh, eventually, I was... I was Googling my, of course, as you do, you Google your errors and you usually don't listen to randos on the internet that leave random comments on things that they don't usually don't know about. Yeah. Right. Uh, but I'm reading through his thread on, on, on a Skyrim forum and some random dude just like, yeah, it turns out that turns out my game was breaking because of the, um, immersive armors. No, uh, immersive 
creatures. World events. Mm. Immersive events mod. I was like, that can't be it. But as I'm here troubleshooting, unclick, game runs just fine. Motherfucker. So your problem's not Skyrim. Your problem is Skyrim mods. It's You're doing too much. I am doing too much. But the base is so fragile. Nah. The base is so Tim, fragile. I'm three times more mods than you, and I'm not having these kind of crash problems. And I don't know. Well, I think that might be because you're running special edition. Uh, why are you not running special edition? Because I didn't have special edition. Well, I just had go buy special. Edition I did. Like I did. <laughs> I did. But I'm like, I'm, I'm, thirty hours into this playthrough. Yeah. Do I want to lose the fifty plus hours that really is? Yes. Just to go, to, just to download all the same mods. Yeah. But for special edition. Welcome to it, Tim. See, see, Skyrim was a house of cards, and they went in there with with uh, bubble gum, uh-huh. and they were like, they just started like blowing bubbles, and when it popped over stuff, they go, all right, and they put in a new piece, and they blow a big bubble, yeah. and pop over stuff, and they're like, yes, it's stable. Uh-huh. And then modders came in there and just started fucking packing all kinds putting of shit. Hot, we put Hot Wheels on every level. Like, God damn it. No, no. <laughs> I was seriously thinking about it. I was seriously thinking about it. About what? About porting everything over to Special Edition. That's what you should have done. I, I, That's the solution. But there's so much sunk time. So much. I think much. you can get a thing to, to port your save. Not with, like, not with that heavy of a mod list. It might fuck some stuff up. Maybe you'll get probably back. Maybe, but I have, so that, so I have amazing follower tweaks and amazing follower tweaks has a special, like, um, you can use this three times a week. Mm -hmm. Specifically the the game, like thing says like, use this, you can use this three times every seven days in game. Otherwise it's going to fuck your game up. It's immediately, uh, move all followers to your position. Mm. And you do it every in-game week? In-game week, yeah. Uh. Yeah. Um, so I did that, and it brought the follower, that the second follower I got after Lydia, mm-hmm. that I unfollowed because she was too strong. And I have just ran into her like three times in the world. She didn't go back. To, it gets been, real awkward, and you're like, uh. Yeah, because hey. you talk to her, and she's like, how you doing? I don't know you, stranger. And you you, you can. Oh, she's, that's, she's very passive-aggressive. She's like, I don't know you. No, she's I'm just. I'm too fucking strong to hang out with the dragonborn. <laughs> she's like, I've never seen you before, uh, and and of course you have the option to be like, I need you to follow me. Yeah. Um, Go back to your home. She she's supposed to. She spawns in hunting brew in the hunting brew meadery. Yeah. And uh, she hasn't gone back. I've seen her like in. Uh, where have I seen her? I've seen her in Iverstead. I've seen her in. Um, Falkree. Yeah, she she thought she had her a best friend Dragon's Bridge. and got abandoned. <laughs> yeah. And now she's just she's just hoping a dragon will fucking kill her. Probably. She has nothing left to live for. That's what you <laughs> did, Tim. That's what you did to her. Yeah. So I went and uh went to um what's the first the first in White Run, the first building. The hunt hunters the the oh, the companion hall? No. The the inn, the first inn. There's two I have of no them. Idea. The, the hunters, marksmen. Yeah, I don't whatever. go to the inns. Yeah, there's no. Re- I mean, once you've been there, there's no reason to go back. But that's where that's where this uh, modded follower I have spawned. 
The Drunken Huntsman. The Drunken Huntsman. Yes, I had. I, had, I already had a mod that placed a modded follower in there, so I went there, recruited her, and now we're all good. Yeah. I got. I have. I have an, a follower that's not incredibly strong until she disappears again. Sure, I'll go get someone else. It's not you. It's me. Yeah. I so I didn't give her like any of my. No, that's why I set my carry weight to five million, so yeah. that I can just carry everything, and I'll give I'll give my followers a pittance to. Sure, sure. One of my one of the, the last time I played through Skyrim, not this time, but the last time I had, uh, heavily modded. Well, no, no, I guess it was the time before that because last time I played it was on the Switch. Uh, but I had heavily modded it to have a bunch of followers, and by my end game, it was me in just whatever like cool armor I found because yeah. I was. I was level like 105 or something. I was pretty much invincible to everything other than leveled enemies. And I had eight followers that I had gone and looked up. All right, what does this person specialize in? Heavier light, heavier light. And yep. I've given them all a full set of dragon scale armor that I had enchanted to make nice to each character to make sure that they like assisted them. Yeah. And, uh, we would walk up on bandit, uh, you know, camps that yeah, they yeah. have, and I wouldn't even get to fight. No, yeah. Because they would just swarm in there and just fucking obliterate them. Which is, if you want to play that way, it's great. Oh, it was fun. Yeah. It was fun, but then anytime I do a dungeon, I'd usually be like, all right, you five, wait out here, mm-hmm. you three with me, and we'd go yeah. in. Uh, but my other favorite thing is, with the amazing follower tweaks, and then also convenient horses, is it adds the war horn to summon your horse, mm. and it also gives that to all of your followers. I never really used horses in Skyrim. I I use them very rarely, but I was I did, I, well, I, what I did was I summoned Arvac, which is a spectral horse from the Don... Dr- yeah, the, the black skeleton, blue flame-looking horse. Yeah, fucking yeah. awesome. I have a texture replacement model for that. It is the best horse because it doesn't die and uh-huh. you can summon it anywhere so if you're over over encumbered you just summon the horse try ah, back to your home there you go. and then yeah. dump your shit yep. uh so i summoned that horse and then of course all my followers have to get on their horses and so eight dudes pull out this <laughs> and all these horses come fucking galloping uh, over the hill and i was that's pretty cool i was watching and i was like this is fucking <laughs> Awesome! <laughs> and then we rode out like a fucking butt, like a yeah. like the ring race in Lord of the Rings. Like we, <laughs> all right, we ride. Ah! Yep. Fucking all these warriors go riding off. That's it was pretty cool. Dope. And I was like, this is the greatest <laughs> fucking mod ever. Yeah, I remember there was a mod in the original Skyrim that replaced the texture of the horse with a car. Do you remember that one? No. It was this old busted car. <laughs> you get up on it and you drive the car around. That was a fun one. Uh, that's funny. Like a Model T or? No, like an old busted Ford Caprice. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything more slanders you want to say about Skyrim? Uh, I switched over to using a greatsword. Uh, yeah. I was using the uh, Spear of Thorns, which is the weapon that comes with that Dark Souls armor. Because uh, it was the highest, most damaging weapon I had. <laughs> That's the car. It's from Fallout, I assume. Uh, no, I don't think it is. Huh. I think it's I think it's pulled from something, but yeah. I'm not sure what. GTA or something. Um, that one's from Fallout. Fallout 4. Oh, that's a Fallout 4 mod, though. Yeah. This is like a fucking Mustang in Skyrim. That's cool. Skyrim Dominator GTA 5 mods. Um. Yeah, I was using this uh, Spear of Thorns, which is, it's a spear. Mm-hmm. Made of thorns? 
No, it's just called that. Thorns on it. No, it's a it's a spear, but it's because the game doesn't ha- really have spears per se. Yeah, it's treated as a uh, warhammer. Yeah. Um. So I've been doing it, and you get like the cool, uh, you know, violins kill move with it. But it's a it's the warhammer one where like you put it around their head and you bash. It's a cool one, but I see it a lot because that's the main the main melee weapon I'm using. Yeah. So I switched over to the Chrysomir. Mm-hmm. Which is a legend. Which is another. It's a modded sword, great sword, but it's a legendary um, Elder Scrolls sword, and it was in Morrowind, I think. Um, holy shit! Are great swords? Uh, I think you have a higher chance of decapitations even in vanilla Skyrim with great swords. Oh yeah, I'm literally every fucking person. I was it was I was doing the Red Eagle storyline with it, and mm-hmm. you go up to that uh, where you enter it. Uh, but before or the the place where you find the, I think it's the Red Eagle Redoubt. Yeah, it's a it's not that far away, but it's where you find like the book that says go oh, go investigate the legend of Red Eagle. Well, you can find that anywhere in the world. The well, yeah, but when you go to the Red Eagle Redoubt, it's the, it's like a forsworn camp. That's um, maybe this maybe this is part of the mod, but it's a yeah, force. No, you go to two places because they're the yeah. first one. Yeah, it's a forsworn camp. It's a four-sworn camp, and then that and like they have like into a, an actual dungeon. Yes. So when I'm in the camp, every single person I was going up just decapitating one hit. It was so good. They need a. I need to find a mod where it let you collect those heads like a predator. Yeah. Pull them into skulls and put them on a shelf, and it's like a John. You do that in, in a Witcher Three trophies of your yeah. victims. I want John Battleborn skull on a shelf. Yeah. Well. That's a great issue, Tim. And sticking on the uh, nerd shit issue, here's what I don't get. Uh, Alex Kurtzman's contract getting re-upped. Mm-hmm. We talked about this, I think, last week or the week before, but uh, CBS Paramount has re-signed Secret Hideout's uh, contract to produce Star Trek yep. for five more years. And I don't get it. Because it's one thing to stay the course, right? When you have a, pr- a property that's working. Yeah, when it's working. So in the 60s, Gene Roddenberry created Star Trek. And then in the 70s, they Star Wars is a huge success. And they were like, we need a movie. We need something. We yep. can get like, a pro- what property do we have? And they said, oh, we have Star Trek. And thus Star Trek, the motion picture happened. Mm-hmm. Wrath of Khan. Search for Spock, and that got us to them saying, let's put Star Trek back on television. Yep. And Star Trek The Next Generation premiered in Is eventually what came of it. 87. And then and Gene Roddenberry was a producer on that. Yep. And then his health started to fail, and he anointed Rick Berman to, yes. take, over, to take the role. And Rick Berman held the role until 2005 and probably post-2005. Yeah. Uh, at some point in the '90s, Michael Piller was also became a co-executive producer, and those two steered the franchise through TNG, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise. And they definitely oversaw the height of Star Trek's popularity. Yeah, they Deep Space Nine, the end of TNG, and into Deep Space Nine is the some of the best ratings that Star Trek has ever had on television. Voyager started on shaky ground and just kind of maintained the same ratings mm-hmm. the entire time. And then there was a drop for enterprise and then enterprise just slowly died. Yeah. And 
I can't. I can't say they're not responsible for that, but sure. But they're also like there's a. I think Star Trek fatigue had set in by that. Yeah, because by two thousand five, it had been eighteen. It had been eighteen straight years of Star Trek on television, and with three shows on at once, almost two shows on at once for most of it. Yeah, but it was yeah two shows right after the heels of the big show, plus the films, and the films were were waning in in, in decline. Mm-hmm. Plus. You had all the Star Trek alikes of the late '90s and early yeah. 2000s, Babylon Five and Stargate and all that, Andromeda and all that, Andromeda. Yeah. Uh, so with all that, I understand why in 2007, Paramount makes the decision to yeah. pivot into a reboot mm-hmm. and hire J.J. Abrams at this point, an up-and-coming director, to helm this new entry in the franchise. Yeah. And I cannot blame them. For it being massively popular, because yep. I bought a bunch of those tickets yeah. like a fucking rube. I've got it on Blu-ray. That's embarrassing. You should have brought that to Fourth of July. I put it in a microwave. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I don't. I don't blame like that decision makes sense to me. This the series is clearly on decline. It needs new blood. It needs new ideas. Let's get someone else in there. And they they ended up picking the wrong person because they yeah. picked someone who can't follow through. But they don't know that at the time. Of course not. So he makes the first movie. It's a big hit. They make a second movie. It is fucking dive bomb. And then they make a third movie that does even worse because everyone hated the second movie so much. He didn't even direct Beyond, though. No, he was just a producer. Yeah, so he was already out at that time. So then it comes time to bring it back to television. You know, movies aren't working. Let's take it back to television. And they bring in uh, Jay James' right-hand man, Alex Kurtzman. Again, a logical choice. You think... Well, it didn't do well on the big screen, but maybe we can make it succeed on the small yeah, screen. Yeah, and he's already worked on And he's already worked on this. Yep. And then you watch him just run your fucking franchise straight at warp 9.8 into the fucking ground. I mean, there is no zero buzz about any of these pro- properties that are coming I have not. I have not seen, and I really don't look out for it, but I haven't seen... A single positive word about any of the Kurtzman shows that aren't preceded by, well, everyone else hates it. Yeah. I haven't seen any praise for the show that doesn't seem like it's coming from a paid media shill. <laughs> and I, I also don't see any criticism for the show except for the hardcore Trekkies who yeah. watch, hate watch it. Hate watch it. Uh, and I don't think, you know, there's that silent majority of people who just watch stuff and don't care. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think that those people exist because there's no there's no discussion. There's no buzz. There's no. Maybe if it was a primetime on CBS. Maybe it was a primetime on CBS. But which I, they did I run. Hear, I hear about shows that I don't even know exist just in yep. the media buzz. They were watching Hawaii Five O, like they've made a fucking more Hawaii. Five-0. Grey's Anatomy still in the air. What? <laughs> you know. So you have this guy, he's reviled by the, by the hardcore fans. He is middling at best to the new fans. Yeah. Why would you double down on more of this? You're not getting any new subscribers. It's not, he, he did his bid to try and attract new viewers. They don't want it. The thing, the only thing you can do now is either shutter it, just go, uh, Star Trek doesn't make any money and just let it die. Or you go, all right, we need we need to lean into our fan base because we've seen 
time and time again in the last few years mm-hmm. that if you lean into your fan base, you will have great success. Yeah. Case in point, fucking Sonic the movie. Yep. It was nearly, I mean, it was the box office topper for 2020. And it fucking deserved to be, despite all the bullshit and the fact that, you know, nothing, it made, it made a profit because when the fans said, what the fuck is going on? They mm-hmm. were like, yeah, we need to really rethink this. Yeah. And it was good. You and I both enjoyed it unironically, sat down in the theater yeah. and just enjoyed it and had a good I time. I enjoyed it as much as I did watching the Sonic cartoon as a, as a kid. Yeah, exactly. I, that's exactly what I feel as well. I don't have any super real attachment to it, but it was enjoyable. Yeah. Um, they're doing it with Clifford, it looks like. Are they? Are well, they? they, they I thought that I wasn't sure if they canceled it or they just postponed it. Not uh, sure. Um, I don't know. But when you lean into your fan base, when you embrace the fat, like embrace the toxic yeah. fandom, you get better stuff because those Star Trek fans want to see a good Star Trek yes. show. Yeah. We're not. We're not all just sitting there like, God, I hope this fucking show sucks. It's like, no, I really want this to be good. I really mm. want to watch this and enjoy myself. I want to watch this, and I want to remember what's going on, and I want to add it to my my encyclopedic knowledge of this franchise. Star Wars, Mandalorian leaned more into the fans, and yep. every it's widely praised widely. by all the Star yeah. Trek fans. Yep. Uh uh, what's the other one? The Godzilla versus Kong. You and I hated it, but the Godzilla Kong fan people, they love it. Really? They, yeah. They think it's fucking great because it's colorful and the monsters fight one another. That's what they wanted. It wasn't meant for you and me, Tim. It I guess was, not. And I'll be talking about more, more about that later, but uh, it's just mind-blowing to me that they haven't learned this lesson. So they're going to keep on churning out content that nobody wants. Like nobody's looking forward to section 31 or star Trek, brave new world no. or this new animated series that, uh, stars. Nickelodeon, yeah. Some somewhere between her taking command of Voyager, since that was her first command and being lost in the Delta quadrant, which was about five hours later. Uh-huh. Yeah. You guys clearly, clearly know that. <laughs> or the, the other animated cartoon, the Rick and Morty in space that has zero buzz. Yeah. Like you, that, that actually might be the one I've seen the most, po- most positivity about. Yeah. That's the one I've seen the most positivity about, but I think it's because people get high and like the colors. <laughs> uh, and, and you know, you know that these series aren't doing well because they're not on Netflix. Not internationally. No, really. They're only on CBS All Access because they can't sell the rights. They got they managed to sell Picard to Amazon. They Mm. they sold Discovery to Netflix, and Netflix was like, "Uh, "No, we're not fucking doing this shit again." And then they conned Amazon into producing Picard, and they're saying they're making a season two. But in order to cut the budget, they're setting it in modern day. They're setting it in 2021 United States. Yeah, like. That is filming in the woods level of we have no budget. Yes. Oh, we're, we set the show in L.A. in 2021. Like, you do realize that this show takes place in the year two, like the 2400s at this point. You do you get that now? No, maybe. Apparently not. Apparently not, because like that's not a sci fi show. No. That is every other fucking show on television. Like you might as well be making uh, another season of NCIS Los Angeles. NCISS. 
was it Naval Crimes Investigation Service? Yeah. In space! NCISS, yeah. And just go like, yeah, the future looks just like it does today, but we have future guns. Pew, 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 pew. We have transporters so that we don't have to drive cars to locations. It's such a fucking joke. But yeah, just stay the course. Stay the course with that guy. He's really he's really just presiding over the fall of Rome. And maybe the idea is they gave him a five-year contract, and then they're going to pin this all on him and just fucking shove him you know, right over the side of the ship to be su- dragged down you would under think the water. That you would think that. But couldn't they just do that now before exactly. re-signing him for his contract? The same thing happened with Kathleen Kennedy. Her her con- her contract was supposed to be she did those three Star Wars movies, mm-hmm. and then she moved outwards and upwards into the Disney Corporation. But then those Star Wars movies did not do as well as they expected, and they're like, we're not moving you up. And she's like, well, I'm not fucking leaving Lucasfilm then. <laughs> and they're like, okay, fucking fire the bitch. Fire the bitch. Do you realize what a great... The backlash from the your perceived fans, the Kathleen Kennedy fans, mm. will be basically nothing. Yeah. They'll be like, I can't believe they All these fat, dumb broads with shaved sides of their heads and blue haircuts will get on their computers and be like, I don't got rid of Kathleen Kennedy. They ain't strong female role models. And they'll go eat a tub of Ben and Jerry's and fall asleep and forget all about it. I'd agree with you. But I don't think they. I don't think they even know who Kathleen Kennedy is. Probably don't. But they would the the Vox and Salon. They would oh, yeah. write articles that would make those people get angry. Yeah. Meanwhile, all of your hardcore fans, people like me, ten years ago, they will be like, "Thank God, ding dong, the witch is dead." Yeah, sing it high, sing it low, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. I would give Star Trek another chance. I would be willing to give Star Trek another chance if this the news the last week was Alex Kurtzman got fucking fired. <laughs> they told him to clean out his fucking desk, and here's a picture of him with a ca- ca- paper box full of shit and a fucking fake plant walking out to his car to drive the fuck off the lot where he handed in his parking pass, and he's never fucking coming back. Get fucked! <laughs> I'd be like, let's try out this new Star Trek. Yeah. Maybe that'll be good. But no. Nah. It's clear it's clear you people don't want me to watch. Which is fine with me. I am very happy to not watch your shows. You guys can keep on making shows that nobody wants to watch, and I'll keep not watching them, and you'll make no money, and I won't be upset. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds like I'm winning. It sure does. And it sounds like you not so much winning. I don't understand why you would why why would you stay the course with this man like he he is he is running out of options of places to work yeah. I mean, he he directed that mummy movie to a 12% on rotten tomatoes and like 17 million dollars on a 200 million dollar single handedly destroyed a cinematic universe a cinematic universe in the first entry they made one 35 minutes into the mummy the dark universe was dead yeah didn't even make it through the whole movie. You're like, mm, Russell Crowe's going to be Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Mm, pass. I'd much rather see him drive a truck around and harass a single mom. <laughs> Which he was fucking great at. Uh, he's such a hack. He's so, it'd, be, it'd be one thing if he had, like, interesting... If he had ideas... That were going on, they uh-huh. were just like poorly executed, or maybe I just didn't like them. Yeah. 
but it, it is the Star Trek of today is the most bland, uninteresting mystery box, early two thousand style writing. His uh, Silence of the Lambs thing just got canned. Yeah, didn't even last. Didn't a season. even last a whole season. Yeah, but yeah, let's stay the course. Let's keep giving Secret Hideout their money. Like, do do you have? blackmail on these people or something <laughs> do you are, are you like the secret he must be jeffrey epstein that's the only way i can think that he still has this job the, the thing though is that there's such a huge divide between uh the strength behind the name of the ip mm-hmm. and the like current uh group thought of the IP. Yeah. Cause if, uh, why, why did they get JJ Abrams to do star Wars? Because he did star Trek. Yes. Did, did people like his star Trek? No. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they liked it or not. He has star Trek on his resume. Big, you know, multi-million dollar franchise that, uh, so what you're you're kind of saying like uh, this is one of those things where you're not qualified to make Star Trek because you haven't made Star Trek yet. It's like, not just that; it's that if if they're looking for like, someone new to take to take control over Star Trek, right? And someone hands in a resume and says, "I've worked on multiple Star Wars projects. I've worked on." Um, uh, what's Battlestar Galactica. I've worked on, uh, uh, the, the descent uh, or what, what the Amazon one black mirror. Yeah, sure. I worked on black mirror. I worked on, uh, all, I mean, just the biggest franchises, you know, of I've worked on all of them mm-hmm. to those people. That's a A plus 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 plus. Yeah. Does it matter that they're the person that ran those things into the ground? Absolutely not. So the way I take your idea is like you must but, uh, have, you must have five years of experience, but you can't get hired because you don't have five years of experience. That too. One That's of part of it too. Like, well, he he has he has five years of experience making Star Trek TV shows. None of these other people have five years of experience making t- Star exactly. Trek TV shows. That's like, part of it. Yeah, but he's doing a terrible job. I fucking fucking follow the science. Try someone else. Slide him in there. You can always get an, another contract with him in two years. Yeah. Well, you think he's going to be like, no, oh, no, we don't want to do more of my my terrible Star Trek ideas. What if Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon Lady was a space spy? Hmm? Not at all like that show Alias I worked on. Ignore that. Yeah. I mean, evidently, they don't care. They do because if they cared, we wouldn't be having this conversation. We'd be having a conversation. Not only do they not care dead. about people's pedigree and what, how they have. I'll just go back to Abrams. They don't care about Abrams's how Abrams did Star Trek or did Star Wars bad and Star Trek bad. They just care that it's on there. Uh, but also, they don't care about Star Trek. Yeah. That's none of those people give a shit about these properties that they manage. Exactly. So why do they care who's running it? Who's running it? Yeah. 
It's it's like uh, Marvel. Those Marvel's big success. The reason why that they became the biggest franchise on the planet is because they found people that loved what they were working on. Yeah, and they were like, "Oh, uh, John Favreau, you really want to do an Iron Man movie? Here, here's a hundred million dollars. Make an Iron Man movie. Make whatever Iron Man movie you want." Yep. Uh, Joe Johnson, you really like Captain America and war movies? Make a Captain America war movie. Here's $180 million. Do whatever you want. And they did that. Brandon Braga. Here, you want to make a Shakespearean epic with Thor? Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you want to... Here you go. Here's $150 sure. million. You, you know that Kenneth Branagh you know, didn't know who Donald Blake was when he started on the Thor project. Do you know who Donald Blake is? Isn't that... Thor's uh, pseudonym when he's in human form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure Kenneth Brown didn't know that. He might have, though. But, but what I will say is that, from what I know, you know, they they approach people, and if and if this is how I, I, I would like all franchises to be, yeah. you know, especially if you're uh, adapting a property, you approach people, and if they have an interesting take and a, you know, in, in what looks like to be an honest, uh, if they, if they like, if they seem to, you know, be interested in doing the project outside of, yeah, I'll fucking, I'll direct your space movie. Yeah. Um, I'm sure, you know, his take on Thor, you know, they liked his take on Thor's. Yeah. That's why he got the job. Well, that's why, that's why, uh, Joss Whedon's first Avengers movie went so well because he had such, like reference for material and the characters and he knew what the fans wanted yeah. and, and they leaned into that and he made a great movie. Second movie, not so much. Nope. Evidently he only had one good movie in him and a lot of perverted things about feet. Yeah. But, uh, but, I, but that's why uh, that is a portion of why those movies are so successful. And yeah. the fact that everybody, everybody wants to make the, the dark universe. They want to make the DC extended universe, but they don't look at, they don't look at the whole recipe. Yeah. They're like, okay, just a bunch of superheroes in one movie, billion dollars. Let's make Justice League. It's like, ah, yeah, but the, but you had to like add all these portions just the right amount. And then you had to give it to someone who like really valued all of those characters. Because if you give yeah. the first Marvel Marvel's the Avengers to the wrong guy, and he's like, I don't really like Thor. He's a little too fucking weird. Suddenly, Thor is a background character in this yeah. movie, yeah. or. Or Hawkeye or Black Widow, like, well, they're not really the big heroes. We can just kind of like, but they managed to give every character a little bit of an arc in, in a huge movie. Yes, because he he massaged it. He worked everything into it yep. and made a movie that is good. Yeah, whether like, you, whether you like the MCU or not. Yeah, the first Avengers movie is a really amazing piece of film. It's why I think it's why Deadpool worked. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds, Reynolds loves dead. Loves to, and it's why like I really don't have I'm not excited for it, but that Black Adam movie with the rock. With the rock? Yeah. He's been trying to make that thing for 15 fucking years. Yeah. Before anyone uh you know had a glimmer of what an MCU was. Yeah. It, and I think they they've wrapped filming on that. Passion. It's coming out. I think, you know, I'm not saying it will be good, but I mean, better chance than better chance than else. most. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not about passion's not a hundred percent about it, but if no. you don't have, but you like don't have reverence it reverence for you, what you're doing, yeah. why do it? 
why not go make something else? Like I would get it if Alex Kurtzman, like I love Clary Starling and the Hannibal Lecter universe and all this. I really want to explore that. I have interesting ideas. I got, I get it. Yeah. It's like, I'm making Star Trek because my buddy made Star Trek and nobody liked it. And now I'm making Star Trek because I want to, you know, buy another house in mm-hmm. Malibu or whatever yeah. the fuck he's got going on. Like, you're never going to make anything that's worthwhile if all you're doing it for is for the money. If for there's the paycheck, not, yeah. That's, that's why nobody... That's why your servers treat you like shit at restaurants. They're only doing that so they can pay their rent. They don't, yeah. They're not passionate about it. You find some people who really enjoy their job, who really like want to get up and go to work every day, even in the service sector, yep. and they're pleasant to be around. It's it's the, it's those odd man. Like our our server was really our server was funny and like took care of us and yeah, never waited for anything. Yeah. That's someone who cares. I I take I'll take someone who cares who's a little inept. Yep. Every fucking day of the week over someone who just especially in something like you know primetime TV, uh, premium TV mm-hmm. or movies, uh. Because there's a shitload of people there ready to back them up. Yeah. Well, like uh, Karate Kid is a great example of this. The Karate Kid TV show, Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai, yeah. Um, Everybody involved in that is very... uh, What's the... The Johnny Lawrence actor... Uh, the Daniel son actor, he, he was very, he didn't want to do uh, any of these revival things that they had talked about because he was so protective of the character. He didn't want it done poorly. Mm. And then when these people who did Cobra Kai came to him with it, they had an idea and, and his passion and their passion worked together along with uh fucking, I can't remember his name, Johnny Lawrence guy. And they've made a show that is not great, but it's really good. Mm. And it's better than it should be. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people that care about what they're making. They care about the property that they're coming from. They care about what they're making. And they're they've worked really hard to make something that's good. That they can they can be proud of. That takes the the story that ended in the Karate Kid three and moves it forward down the road. Versus that's why we're trapped in this hell, this uh Prequel hell, prequel in, hell. In yeah. Alex Kurtzman, we got a, a prequel to to TOS. Strange New Worlds is a prequel to TOS. Yep. Section Thirty One is a prequel to TOS. Prodigy is a prequel to Voyager. I assume I, based on the costumes. Uh, the uh, what's the the other one? I guess Lower Decks is not a prequel no. to anything, and Picard's not a prequel. But Picard is like cl- fucking closing the book on the Star Trek franchise. In my <laughs> Uh, so because, because to do the future takes new ideas, you have to take not just not, not, and that's, that's any sci-fi you're like, all right, we're setting this in the future. You have to take today's ideas and move them forward. But if you're going to do the future of an existing franchise, you You have to understand those ideas and then move those ideas forward and today's ideas forward to make something timeless. They're never going to do it, but that's a little long winded ramble. So. (laughs) Let, let's get out of this issue and it means it's time for Cet épisode vous est présenté en partie par le réseau de nouvelles Rikida, définitivement pas de fausses nouvelles Well Tim, what news do we have today? Uh, our first news story comes to us fr- comes to us from uh, across the pond um, Is that like every every week we have to do the first story from England? 
it just turns out that way. It, well, this is specifically, this is uh, not just England. It's England, Scotland, and Wales. Uh, apparently, the McDonald's chains over there uh, have run out of milkshakes. Gwen Stefani uh, brought all the boys to the yard, and now there are no more milkshakes. Yeah, that wasn't Gwen Stefani. I don't know who it was. That song was... Boy, who did that song? Gwen Stefani. No. It was Gwen Stefani. That was her only hit, was that song. Gwen Stefani. She married Nas, the rapper, but I can't recall her name. Anyways. Her name's Gwen. Uh, Gwen Stefani. Yeah. Um, she was Spider-Man's girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, so apparently every single... Uh, McDonald's in uh, England, Scotland, and Wales can't get a milkshake. That's like 98% of all McDonald's. <laughs> That's the thing, right? The meme is the, the ice, ice cream, cream machine never, work, yeah. never works at McDonald's. Yeah. And I, I watched a video on a guy that uh, figured out why it is. Um, and he, he did the math and it was like something like 25% of all uh, ice cream machines at any one time at McDonald's in general do not work. Yeah. Um, There's too much to clean. That's why they're, they're not working. They're like, we didn't want to clean it. Yes. Yeah, of course. Actually, that, that, that actually is, that's part of the factor. Yeah. Why? I think I watched that same video. Yeah. 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 I remember once I walked into a McDonald's and I was like, I was like, Oh, you know, it'd be pretty good as a, uh, McFlurry. That's their blizzard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'll do an Oreo McFlurry. And the lady's like, uh, ice, ice cream machine's down. She points at it, and I look at the ice cream machine, and I see on the little display it says heating. And I was like, um, that says heating? I don't know if you know this, but uh, that's an ice cream machine. It doesn't need to be hot. Yeah. <laughs> I, assume, I assume they heat up, like, the the juice. No. To- they have to clean the pipes out because it's dairy. Yeah. Well, I assume they were heating whatever they had like a cleaning pot in there or something and they had to heat that up to then flow through the system yes. to make sure everything's clean. And then they have to cool it back down. And they have to cool it back down. Which is why it takes so long. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid. Um, well, uh, keeping around in that area, we're going over to France. Uh, apparently, according to a recent report, uh, if you change the location of an older iPhone to France, the performance goes through the roof really becomes faster and smoother uh, apparently has some law uh apple has been fined by france in the past for the frequency reduction incident which uh is the it essentially their term planned for planned obsolescence yeah. um so in in france uh, i the uh, performance of iphone of older iphones can be tempered huh uh, so you have to go in and like spoof it or you just yeah, you change your region of France. Hmm. Uh, yeah. As most people know, Apple intentionally reduces the performance output of old iPhones in order to prevent their performance from quote, affecting battery life due to the aging battery. Mm-hmm. But clearly these phones can run at yeah. warp nine. Warp yeah. nine. Fuck yeah. 
What a shitball! And the th- and this news will come out, right? It'll this will get reported. Uh-huh. It'll be on it'll be on the New York Times or whatever, and yeah. people will be like, "Well, you know, no, no, they have to do." Uh, yeah. There's a new iPhone 14. I can't wait. Let me order on my MacBook Pro. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, well, our next news story uh, is also about Apple. Yeah. And uh, this is probably the funniest quote I've ever heard. Uh, take it out with a grain of salt because mm-hmm. uh, the quote is in itself not actually funny. Uh, apparently, um, this comes in from, let's see, Eric Friedman a senior engineering manager at Apple. The guy from that 70s show? Uh-huh. Um, this looks like it was a... It's some sort of leaked um, text. It's a, this, is a, this is a February 2020 text message conversation revealed um, for the Apple uh, and Epic trial that's going on. I don't know if you know about that, but they're suing each other because of Fortnite. Ah. Um, oh, because Epic put their stuff on an outside uh, app store. Payment service. Payment service. Yeah. yeah uh, so the the trial is about whether 30%. Apple can demand app developers use its, solely use its payment services. Um, and so this uh, text came out of the trial and it's uh this Eric Freeman guy telling his colleague, Herve Seibert, quote, we are the greatest platform for distributing child porn. Oh, I did see that quote. Yeah. We need to be, you need to be on our thing. Cause we are the pros at child porn. <laughs> and he was I, trying to make a larger point. That, yes. That they needed to like buckle down on security, which is what's happening currently not go well with their, like their new, th- the new thing they announced that was like, we're going to, we're going to look at all the photos you take mm-hmm. for child porn. Yeah. So what happens if like you take a cute picture of your baby in the bath? Uh, you go straight, straight to, jail, to jail. Do not collect $200. Yeah. Um, you get one of those weird photos, uh, like the ones where have you you've seen the photo like the lady she's in wearing a short dress but then there's some shadow that's on her leg or it's a shadow oh it looks like it looks Looks like like she's got a penis yeah 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 straight to jail or um uh like um uh like a baby's hand holding a finger Mm -hmm. you know and it's cropped in a way that makes it look like a penis yeah or or you know, your 16 year old girlfriend, you're in, you're both in high school, yeah, right? You're both 16. She sends, she, right? You guys send each other nudes. Suddenly you're both in jail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm glad they admit it at least. Yeah, that's good. It's good. It, uh, acceptance is the first step. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we got one last news story. This one's a, a little bit of a weird one. Um, in uh, in New Delhi, uh, a man has been uh, arrested for stealing more than fifty luxury cars. Um, when police interrogated him, he confessed 
admitting that he stole the vehicles for his 16 girlfriends and quote his own hobbies. Um, of course he has a past of known aliases and, uh, boosting cars. Um, he also gave the details on how he broke into the cars. Uh, he, uh, he waits till people leave mm-hmm. and steals them. That's great detail. Yeah, I know. Does he have one of those tools like I do? Maybe. Uh, but he says it's it, a perfectly legal tool that I use only for legal purposes. Uh-huh. He says, uh, it takes about 10 minutes to break into a car, to break into the car. He must be using something like what I have where you like mm-hmm. pump the door open. It says he would also change his look every time he stole a car. He had a bunch of different wigs he would switch through. Um, he has done time for car theft before and was only recently released from, from jail for that. But uh, 16 girlfriends. That's too many girlfriends. Yeah. That dude's that dude's wiener is very raw. Yeah, <laughs> from stealing the cars. Yeah, that's how he gets in. Yes, just kind of like rubs his wiener hole into the key lock, and then he looks at some risque photos, and boom, fucker pops right there. Open. You go. Uh, that's the last one. That is the last news story. Well, that takes. Well, this has been. Riketa News Network. We will show you the way. The way shit fits together anymore. Well, that takes care of our legal obligations this week, Tim. But you know what it doesn't take care of? What? Uh, more condoms so we can break into more cars. Yes. If you want to help us with our car stealing properties, you can visit. Because you don't want to leave penis prints. No, no, yeah. of course not. If you want to help us with that, you can visit us at patreon.com forward slash HWIDG, which stands for... Here's what I don't get. Which is the name of the show. And over there, we have five tiers. We have the one buck tier, which gets you early access to each week's episode, plus our monthly minisodes and the video episodes. We have our $2 tier, where we throw the random bits and bobs we do here and there. We have the $5 tier, where we do our monthly bonus episodes. Here's what I do get. We drop the hate and talk about what's great. This month, we were talked about back on the horse and comeuppance. So that was a good one. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then... We have our $10 tier where you, the fan, submit a film. You vote on what film we watch, and we sit down and watch it. We record a feature of the commentary. This month, the winner was Lost in Space, and only, only barely. Uh, slim margins. It was, the voting was so slim. There was a discussion amongst us as to, as far as what we were going, if, if we needed to go with the second place because it technically has more first place votes, but it got vetoed into one spot below. Yeah. Or if possibly we should go with one of the other choices, seeing as it had no vetoes at all. And was also had a very high count. And also had a very high count. The only one the only one that really had a really poor turnout was uh the Comey rule, which only ended up with nineteen points after its veto. Uh, yeah, so, but we, we decided we'll go ahead and do lost in space and we might do, we might take the one, uh, reanimator was in fourth, but got no vetoes. And so we think we might go ahead and do that one as a special Halloween movie commentary. And then buck breaking will have to be, cause it, cause it got the most first place votes, but it also got the most vetoes. And by the rules, is- the most vetoes means that it's banned from the contest. Yeah. And by the point system, it came in second. So it was like, well, maybe we should just watch that one. But that's, I mean. Rules is rules. Rules is rules. Sorry. 
if you were really looking forward to Buck breaking. Also, but Uncle Buck wasn't going to be on it. So yeah, yeah. Oh, also in that, uh, just for laughs, I I put in a thing where I had people say who they thought the next host of the show should be, and the big winner was Mad Cucks <laughs> with Uncle Buck and Crippled Jesus in second place, Carl from WATP and Razor Fist in third. Uh, Larry Blydner, Dick Masterson, Tony from Hack the Movies. He he would do it, but he would miss it. Miss Dan it all Helm, the time. Yeah. Todd Seidel, uh, and was that fourth? Fifth is Tim Joel Chaco, and then there's a big gap, and everyone it just kind of has one vote. There were a couple people that submitted themselves. Hound submitted themselves. Someone submitted themselves and said, "Me, I'm pretty cool." Nick Ricada <laughs> was just below you. Uh, but I put every guest we've ever had on the show yes. in this list. So some people got zeros. Isaac or no, Isaac Jackson got one. Mandy Weems, Kodo Jack, Biggest Mikey, Rainy Centel, I Hickbrickett, Short Sleeve Samson, Devin Tracy, Blonde, Berkeley Brandon, Grant Kidney, Matt Christensen, and Empress of Mellon and all got zero votes, unfortunately. So that was more just for fun, just to see yeah. what people liked and didn't like. Uh, anyway, let's get back into some issues. Tim, what is your second issue this month? Here's what I don't get. Uh, adapting the worst. Yeah. Uh, so this new Spider-Man trailer came out. We talked a little bit about it on um, on the mini-sode uh, for this month. Uh, the Spider-Man trailer came out, and it is adapting one of the worst Spider-Man storylines. Yeah, the one where he gets the... F- four extra arms. No, that one's turns into a nightmare monster. Fucking awesome. Uh, yeah, it's fucking awesome, but it's also fucking horrifying. Yeah. yeah. That, that shit horrified me as a kid. He turns in, he's got these fucking four man arms and a spider and a face, big spider head. Yeah. Fucking horrifying. Yes. Yeah. Legitimately. That really oh, creeped me out. Of- oh God. <laughs> Yeah, imagine more hands punching through the, your, the skin of your side. He's got more arms than Goro. <laughs> Does he? Yeah, Goro has four arms. Spider-Man has, has six. six. That's right. So he can hold you by the arms and the legs and then and still kick you in the nuts mess. and with his other two hands punch you in the kidneys. <laughs> just hold you spread eagle while he uh-huh. just nails you in the nuts and yep. the kidneys. Because he can balance. He can, I mean, he's got super strength. He yes. can definitely hold you and yeah. he can definitely balance on one huh. foot. What a fatality. What <laughs> God damn! We need we need a Spider Man. We need a Marvel fighting game, yeah, uh, a la Injustice, and we need a Spider Man thing where he gets the fucking six <laughs> arms. That's like a that's a special power up yeah, you can get, yeah. and he then he can Goro some motherfucker. Nightmare Spider Man. Nightmare Spider Man. He yeah. mutagenic nightmare. Yes, because yeah. uh, that's what the '90s show was mutagens. Yes, yeah. fake science bullshit. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, it is one of my least favorite. It not only is it one of my least favorite Spider-Man stories, uh, it's a re it's a retcon of one of it's a retcon of maybe the worst Spider-Man story. Yeah. Which inherently makes it bad. Yeah. Uh, you, it's a retcon of a bad thing is never a good thing. I'm trying to, there's no way you can, uh, like, uh, mention, and include the bad thing and try to like write over it and still come oh, out on top to digital nightmare noise. Oh, I, I think I know who did that. 
the ghost of mutagenic nightmare Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So they're, they're doing the thing where in the comics, there was one more day, which was the big Spider-Man reboot. Uh, they felt that Spider-Man had needed a new direction. And of course, anytime anyone needs a new direction, you go back in time. Yeah. So uh, one more day, uh, Aunt May gets shot, and Spider-Man begs Mephisto to save Aunt May. Mm-hmm. Um, and by doing so, him and MJ never got together. Uh-huh. He basically resets Spider-Man's timeline uh, into like post-college. Uh, he's he's a bachelor. Uh, Harry's been away in Europe and he just came home and there's a big party and uh, him and MJ never got together and had a kid. Uh, Bummer. Yeah. So if you've seen the trailer, that's what they're doing. Dr. Strange, he goes to Dr. Strange and says, hey, I don't want people to know. So this is what happens. Um, After that one more day in the comics, Civil War eventually happens. Uh, It was around around. It was very, this is very close timing. Uh, in fact, I think one I think more civil war happens. Civil, happen, civil war happens right before that. That's yeah. yeah. It may get shot because people people know he's spider. That's right. Yeah. Um, civil war because then part of one more day, the world forgets that he's Spider Man. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which is still which is still canon. Yes. And that he took his mask off and showed who he was, but then everyone's like, I, I just I, don't remember who he was. Exactly. Though. Yeah. Like. It, but isn't it on? Like, can't you go to CNN.com uh-huh. and be like, well, Spider-Man reveals Or YouTube. Face. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently not in this world. No, not in this world. Thanks, Mephisto. Well, so that's what that's what one, that's what one moment in time how, did. Do you know how you pay Mephisto? How? In fisting. In fisting. Fisties. Uh, well, so that's what one, one moment in time did. One moment in time, a few years later, I think Joe Casada wrote it, expanded on this and sort of like tried to turn it into a, a thing that wasn't so... Um, <laughs> Just oh, here I did it in in a you know in a snap, and people just kind of don't remember. What happens is, you know, it turns out that um, he he. So in the in the movie, supposedly, it's Doctor Strange doing all this. Yeah. In the comics, it takes Doctor Strange, Iron Man, and Mister Fantastic to cover like the whole base of. So who we have is dead. Guy who's still contract is still up and character who hasn't been introduced yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you got to use the the guy. You got to use what you got. Um, but there's so many Spider-Man stories. You there's know, so many. I I did think of one that I think would be worse to adapt into a movie. What the nine eleven issue? <laughs> <laughs> uh. Sure. Yeah. I guess. That's the worst one you could possibly make. <laughs> Is it though? And this one's number two. Is it though? <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine that? A 90 minute long 9-11 tribute movie starring Spider-Man? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that issue is pretty good. Yeah. It, no, don't get me wrong. It's good, but it would not make a good movie. No, I guess not. But um, Nine. just of all the things they could be doing. Because not only are they doing one moment in time and one more day. Eleven. They're also doing like into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Along with it. Because they're going to bring in all the Spider-Mans. The old Spider-Mans and the old villains. 
which I think is a novel concept that hasn't been done before. In, in by that meaning, yeah, uh, because because nobody's. I guess WandaVision, WandaVision beat him to it. Yeah, nobody's rebooted their entire franchise is, three times. Yeah, yeah. Well, except for Batman, which yeah. they're thinking of doing. Also, they're they're bringing back Michael Keaton. Yeah, that's true. For, uh, is that for Flashpoint? I think yeah, for Flashpoint. Fuck, it's stupid. I know. Because uh, I, I, I think they probably couldn't get Val Kilmer. Uh, Val Kilmer can't do anything anymore. That's what I mean. Because the throat cancer. That's yeah. what I mean. Uh, they probably couldn't get him to do it. And uh, I don't think anyone wants George Clooney to <laughs> do it. <laughs> so, the only reason why anybody would want George Clooney Batman is to be the Batman at the beginning of the movie. He gets killed. Yeah. 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 And, and the audience would be like, yeah! Fuck you, gay Batman! <laughs> um, but there are so many other spider-man stories you can do yeah especially with him as a fugitive especially with him as a fugitive i mean the one that stands out is do craven's last hunt that was what i thought that this next movie was gonna be and i was so excited for it and then no yeah uh supposedly i mean you could and you could even pivot that right you do craven's last hunt and then you pivot it into uh what superior spider-man where doc ock is in his body yeah but you just don't do the doc ock in his body part where and have him launch parker industries oh yeah yeah in the wake of stark being dead and like trying to make the world a better place and he becomes like a young uh tech mogul zuckerberg style tech mogul yeah you know, maybe so you just have him show up in a suit in the, in the next couple of movies instead yeah. of being Spider-Man. Well, he's he could still be Spider-Man, yeah. but uh, and then you have like Happy Hogan's like, oh yeah, you know, I was given a billion dollars and I don't want this money. Uh, why don't you see if you can do something good with That's it? That's what DC just did in the comics with Batman. Yeah. Uh, uh, I I haven't. I'm not super caught up, but I know that uh, somehow uh, Batman lost all his money, but gave it to Alfred. Where'd he put it? I gave it to Alfred. Mm. And then they killed off Alfred. Ah, so he and inherited his money back. No. Uh, um, Dick inherited all the money. Ah. And like this is like current in the new Nightwing run, which is like five issues in. Um, he's got all the money and he's trying to like fix up Bloodhaven. Uh, step one, change the name. Bloodhaven? Yeah. yeah. Terrible name. Terrible Sounds name. Sounds like a place where criminals are from. <laughs> it's like, uh, so you want to fix up um, Murder City? Why did we call it? Why did we put a place in the city called and call it Crime Alley? Yeah. Why don't we just put cops there all the time and we can start calling it Law Enforcement Alley? <laughs> Then maybe some billionaires won't get killed on our watch. Yeah. Uh, here's, um, here, here's, we've got murder city with all of its suburbs. Uh, um, rape, destitution, <laughs> drug dealing, uh, Shankville. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, in, in the city of, of, uh, peaceful coexistence land, they're doing all right over they're there. Doing all right. Yeah. Those those commies were right. Also, there's a that that crime city. One of the suburbs is Black Lives Matter. But mm. you, because they all commit crimes. That's the joke. That's the joke, Tim. They burn shit down. They loot and murder. 
burn and loot and murder. Loot town. Loot town, yeah. Why are none of the stores opening in loot town? <laughs> I, don't know, I, don't know, I don't know. It's not popular. Yeah, it's... Uh, Marvel has a history of this though, because like Age of Ultron, they adapted that despite not having the Hank Pym character in it. They just they yeah. just kind of like take when they take the names, they just put something else in there. Yeah, and then they'll take the something and give it another name, and they're like, "No, that is, this is not one more this day. Is, this yeah. is something totally different." Like we're going we're going to call the War Machine series Armor Wars and not adapt Armor Wars and not adapt Armor Wars. Yeah, we're gonna do. Uh, Civil War, but not really Civil War. Uh-huh. Well, there was another one. Uh, Age of Ultron was totally different from the Age of Ultron in the comics. And I get it. You well, because Age of Ultron, the, the yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't even, Age of Ultron was, did it too. was like a current comic. Yeah. Age of Ultron had happened a year before that movie came out. We took the guts out of Extremis and put it in this movie, along with the yeah, three for some reason. Yes. And and ruin both of those. And so now we're going to redo the Mandarin in Shang-Chi. Yeah. Which is not canon. Which is not canon. Shang-Chi's not canon? No, 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 no. Uh, The Mandarin is not Shang-Chi's father. Oh. In the comics. Ah. What? The Mandarin was Shang-Chi's father in the... How do you know this? Have you seen this movie? That's the crux of the movie. I haven't seen anything about yeah. it. I don't. I don't watch things with Asian people in the anymore. It's the crux of the movie. After they released a virus that destroyed the entire world economy, I'm really not supporting <laughs> anything China's doing. I don't even think kung fu is cool anymore. <laughs> you know. You know what is cool? You know the only thing stronger than kung fu, Tim? Uh, kung fu treachery. No, autoerotic asphyxiation. Yeah. Yeah. David Carradine. David Carradine. Yeah, I understand the joke. Yeah. yeah. You're welcome. Uh, there's a shot in the new trailer of of Peter running in the black suit. Peter. Peter. I didn't see that. I was yeah, I watched that trailer. Spider Man. One of my Spider Man, Superman, Batman. Uh, I know that they're like the most the uh, top three, the top three for everybody. But uh, you know, those are the ones that I liked as a kid too. Yeah, me too. Batman, my number one, of course. I, everybody has a different order. I think Batman, sure. my number one. Spider Man, my number two. Superman, my number three. Superman was never in my top three. I love Superman. Because I, I had like the, the X-Men. Flying, uh, the X-Men were, are cool, but they're all, they were not. Not that I didn't like, not that I didn't love Superman. I I got super, Superman 64 on my birthday. Yeah. Oh, when it was new and people didn't know about it. We, My dad, my, my dad, who doesn't know a lot about video games. Yeah. He played like Mario Kart with me growing up, right? Uh-huh. But yeah, he just, he just pressed buttons. Um, he could tell Superman 64 was a bad game. <laughs> we t- we returned it the next day. That's amazing. We went to Game Exchange, and back when Game Exchange had their... Well, I don't know if you remember this, but Game Exchange uh, used to work like this. The game you would trade in would have a number v- value assigned to it. Not, mm-hmm. like a do- not like a dollar value. It was like one through four. Mm-hmm. Four being like, this is a this is worth a lot. And so you would turn it in, and you, you, could, you could exchange it for another four tier game, for, or, or whatever tier it was, yeah. Yeah. So I remember I turned in uh, Superman sixty four, and I think it was a three because it was a new release. Yeah. But bad. Yeah. So I ended up getting Blast Core and paying some of my own allowance money for Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> That's a good trade. Yeah. Yeah. The those three, and I'm watching 
Yep. Even like the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies, the trailers I'd watch them, I'd be like, oh, kinda, that kind of looks neat. Mm-hmm. It looks Spider-Man-y. Yeah. But watching this trailer, I was just like, I just felt nothing. I just, I, it was like, it was the, it was the lights were on, but nobody was home. Because there wasn't enough fucking Spider-Man in it, number one, doing yeah. Spider-Man things. I remember the fucking Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie, the trailers for that. Holy shit, was I hyped for that movie. Yeah. And the second one, and the fucking third one. I was like, yeah. Yep. The only reason I wasn't hyped for the Andrew Garfield ones because they were rebooting it, and I was like, I can't watch Uncle Ben die again. Yeah. I was like really high in my cynicism phase. But then, the dude, the fucking commercial, the trailer for Civil War where Spider-Man catches Captain America's uh, shield, and he jumps up Hey, there. guys. Hey, guys, and his eyes all yep. lens down. I was just like... Holy fucking shit balls! Spider Man is in the MCU. Yeah. Spider Man. Spider Man. Fucking. He's holding Captain America's fucking shield. Yeah. He's in the MCU. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, uh, seven years later. Seven years later. Absolutely. Do not give a single fuck. <laughs> like you've made you've pissed away all the goodwill. Yeah. With with by putting Brie Larson in a movie. By making a movie for black people, now you're making one for Asian. Be- That's what they're doing. It's like here's our woman movie. We made yeah. a black people movie. Here's our Asian people movie. We're gonna make a gay movie here in a little while. Yeah. Can't release in China. We're gonna put the gays on the TV show. I guess. It's on Disney Plus. Yeah. yeah. Hey, oh, that's right. They made uh, 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 Tom Hardy, Tom Hiddleston, Loki. Loki. Uh, they made him a homo. Yeah. Yeah. Not in China, though. Not in China. In China, he only fucks bitches <laughs> and makes money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good issue, Tim. And I've got one last issue for you here. Here's what I don't get. Uh, insular movie communities. These are the groups. Uh, everyone's got one, like the people that are fans of this property. Yeah. And they only see the property through the lens of that property. Yep. So they watch and I'm MCU gonna, fans. I'm MCU really? fans, Star Trek fans, DC. Star Wars fans, DC fans. Yeah. They only watch movies through that lens. Yep. And if it doesn't fit in that lens, they either hate it or love it. Yeah. But they can't admit any wrongdoing. Like the DC fans are so up their ass about gritty and realism. Yep. They're like, oh, the I can't handle these MCU movies with all the lighthearted banter. And color. And color. And, um, 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 um. and don't get me wrong. I, I There are lots of flaws in the MCU. I'm much more on the MCU bandwagon than the DCU bandwagon. Yeah. But, but at a certain point, I think you have to step back, take a step back, try and forget everything you know about the franchise, and look at a movie and go, is this a good movie? You have to judge it on its medium and not just in its yeah own little bubble. And a great example of this is you know Justice League versus uh, Marvel's The Avengers. Yeah, yeah. Compare those two side by side. In Marvel's The Avengers, even if you hadn't watched the previous five movies... Yep, uh, which I I I I know from word of mouth a lot because of didn't. because it was a big movie. It right? was a big movie. As yeah. big as Iron Man was in in launching the MCU, it pales in comparison to what came after the Avengers. Uh, Iron Man Iron Man is the uh, Mercury Seven of the MCU, uh-huh. where it's like, hey guys, we're gonna go to space, and Marvel's The Avengers is Apollo Eleven. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the eagle has landed. Yeah. There's a lunar lunar lander behind Tim. 
uh, that's the difference. Like one Iron Man was the first step into a larger pond, but the Avengers was was Lindbergh's transatlantic flight. Yeah. Uh, comparing those two movies, you have to know a lot about what's going on in the DC universe just in general to watch Justice League and like get it. Yeah. Whereas the Avengers, you can watch that movie cold and they do a pretty good job of introducing all the characters and giving us their little like super hyphenated backstory yep. just to get you to get to, to watch the movie. And but the other people can't let it go. And we've been watching Godzilla movies like we talked about uh, Godzilla versus Biollante earlier and the the high sea era is not beloved by the Godzilla fans because they tried to do too many different things. And they're, they're looking at them through this lens of what are Godzilla movies. Yep. And I think that that's the issue. Cause you and I really enjoyed the 1984 Godzilla movie. Yes. And apparently it's everyone fucking hates it. And sure. you and I love the Godzilla 1998 movie and all yes. the Godzilla fans fucking hate it. hate it. But if you, if you look at them through the lens of the time, like the 98 Godzilla movie, you you know I was six and seven years old, and it was, and it's, it's, it's just another. There's nothing special about that movie. We liked it because we were kids, yeah, and it was a cool monster, big monster movie, yeah. But it just as a film, uh, it's it, it was a Hollywood blockbuster of the time, and it does it does all the it checks all the boxes that a movie has to check to be watchable. Yeah, it's not great. Like it's not like Terminator Two where I watched that movie. Once every two or three months. Yeah. It's it's a movie that I watched a few times when I was a kid. I watched the cartoon show. Yep. I, I've watched it a couple of times as an adult, like cut it on TV or watched I had it on the toy. Netflix. Uh, I don't think I had any of the toys. It was. I mean, I, I really like that Godzilla design. It is a cool Godzilla design. I kind of like it more than the regular Godzilla because it actually looks like a lizard. A lizard. Not yeah. a fat guy in a suit. Yeah. But you and I watching these movies totally disconnected from like the world around it and the gossip yeah. are able to just kind of appreciate the filmmaking, the, the look of things, what's going on and say, yeah, Godzilla versus Biollante was a pretty watchable movie. I mean, yeah, it's dumb and campy and all that shit, but at the end of the day, if I, just watching it, I enjoyed watching it. Yeah. I probably won't watch it again. I'm not going to go seek it out, but if no. I was flipping through channels and I was like, oh, oh this yeah. is Godzilla Biolante. I don't have anything to do for half an hour. Yeah. Uh, and Star Trek fans do this too. We're like Star Trek fans hate Star Trek, the motion picture or Star Trek, the final frontier. Uh -huh. They hate nemesis or they hate, uh, insurrection. Um, or, and some Star Trek fans don't like Star Trek for the voyage home a lot, but Star Trek for the voyage home, like birthed, modern star trek because it was huge and you have to respect it for that you have to say like it's pretty good as a as a star trek fan that watched jj abrams first star trek movie that is not a good star trek movie and it's a mediocre movie yeah but i can understand where with a dumb human brain if you the pacing was is so fast that you just forget that the movie's fucking stupid and I can forgive everyone. I watched. I watched that it. movie. Yeah. Not as a Star Trek fan. Yeah. So you watch it all. You, I can. I can step outside of it and say that's why it was successful. That's yeah. why people watched it. But I can also. I can also point out to you why as a movie it's bad. Why as a Star Trek movie specifically it's bad. Yeah. 
but I'm not conf- like Godzilla versus Kong. The Godzilla fans love that because it's like the long, boring segments of humans talking and then just like fight scenes that look neat. And they went back to the fat guy in a suit style of Godzilla, which doesn't make any fucking sense. And he does all the cool Godzilla stuff. He does all the cool Hong Kong stuff, mm-hmm. King Kong stuff, and in Hong Kong. And there's Hong also Kong, Fui. Yeah. <laughs> and so they go like, yeah, it was you know, so cool. And like those ships flying through the atmosphere. He's like, yeah, but if you divorce yourself from the fact that you like, are you already like Godzilla movies? Divorce yourself from that. Look at this as someone who doesn't like Godzilla movies and go, is this a good movie? No. No. Star Trek three. Great Star Trek movie. Star Trek three, not a very good movie for people. Star Trek two. Great movie. You can watch it fresh off the boat. Yeah. You're like, Oh man, look at that fucking Star Trek three. It's awesome. But you need to see Star Trek two to watch Star Trek three, Star Trek four. You can kind of understand because there's not as much like spacey nonsense because Star Trek three is like space politics and (laughs) in the inside this federation and stealing a spaceship. And they're talking about like, we have this automation center and all, all kinds of shits going on in that movie that really only makes sense. If you just watch Star Trek (laughs) two, Uh, whereas Star Trek four, they're pretty good. Like we need to go back in the past and save some whales. And then there's like fun character at fish out of water stuff that people enjoy. And then they they come back and the movie's over. Uh, if you can divorce yourself from that, I think you can be better at film criticism to say, to criticize the movies that you even love, criticize movies you love and appreciate movies you hate for certain things. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, Dracula. I, Watch the Francis Ford Coppola Dracula movie. It is an all right movie. Technically brilliant. Acting really, <laughs> uh, really a peaks and valleys yeah, in that yeah, movie. Yeah. Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Love him in John Wick. Love him in The Matrix. Yeah. Love him in a couple other small things I've seen him in. But he's in a lot of movies where he fucking sucks. Yeah. Uh, what's the server on Point Break? Fucking terrible. Speed. Great movie. Not a good actor. Nope. Nope. Uh, What's uh, John? You ever seen Johnny Mnemonic? I did. Terrible movie. <laughs> Terrible movie with a great concept. Yeah. 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 Uh, you you just just let don't don't hold yourself into these little groups because that's the other problem about the movie the insular movie communities right is that they're like. Someone like me says, I'm interested in watching Godzilla. What should I watch? They go, oh, you should watch the 1958 Godzilla movie, and then you should watch the next one and the next one and watch them all in order until you yes. watch 30 or 40 movies, yeah. some of which are fucking terrible, like Son of Godzilla. I would never tell anybody to watch fucking Son of Godzilla. <laughs> that movie fucking sucked. That movie sucked as a Godzilla movie. It sucked as a movie, and it sucked as a span of time that I'll never get back. There are There's one good moment in that movie, and it's when... Two giant praying mantises, hot, mighty ducks, hockey puck, a rock, right in the fucking baby Godzilla's face, right in his fucking face. Hilarious. Look up that clip. You will <laughs> laugh. You will laugh your fucking ass off. And then don't watch the rest of that movie. But they're like, oh, you got to watch that because, you know, Manila's and destroy all monsters. And blah, blah, blah. I don't fucking care. Just give me the highlights. This is why Godzilla 98 is so uh, appealing to people. Yeah. This is why you don't have to 2014 Godzilla movie. So appealing to people because you can just go like, oh, I just watched this one movie and they explain everything in that. I'm on board. Yep. 2014 Godzilla movie. Fucking terrible. 
Fucking God, that movie was a fucking drag. But again, it's like, this is the start of the bus. Hop on it now or don't. Mm-hmm. There you go. Here we all are. We're living in America. I don't get it. You got to... You got to accept some amount of reboot to your fran- your favorite franchise, like X-Men's going to get rebooted here in a bit. Yeah. You can't be like, all right, you got to watch X-Men from 2000, and then you have to watch 2 and 3, and then we're going to watch o- Origins, because it's fucking terrible. But we had to watch it, so you have to watch it. It's mm-hmm. kind of like punishing kids. Yeah. And also, people, people hate on X-Men Origins Wolverine. I think it's a fun movie. It's real dumb. It's really dumb, but it's Still just... Dumb good dumb action that you can pop popcorn and chew on and be like ah look he's he's wolverine the fuck out of these people with no blood he is he is chopping a <laughs> he is chopping a fire escape to pieces as it falls towards him how can you not watch that and be like this this is cinema gold this is a triple a movie produced by a real cinema with the chance with the the hopes of reinvigorating a franchise and they they made they for some reason sell shaded claws over the physical props they had on set that look worse than who framed Roger Rabbit it's a fascinating catastrophe yes I will say yeah I agree with you it's a fascinating catastrophe and it pays off because eventually you get to Logan which is yeah one of the best fucking movies ever made yeah and if and I would never if someone was like I've never watched any of the X Men movies what should I watch just be like just watch Logan don't watch any of the others just watch Logan you you get it because otherwise you gotta be like all right you watch X Men one and two then you watch the Wolverine but just know that Jean Grey died then you the, you watch one and two the Wolverine then you watch Days of Future Past and then you watch uh, Logan because that's the that's the good ones. Those are the good ones. I would say if if you want to fast track someone to Logan, you they can watch X Men one and two. Okay. Because X Men the first one introduces you to the character. Yeah. But by the end of two, he is firmly like a beloved member of the, the school yeah. and, and the X Men, and Gene's dead. Mm, yeah. Uh. And I think that's about that. That shows that's a little bit. That's that's the growth of yeah. his character because by three he's just part of the team, right? Yes, that's the growth of his character. And then Logan, I think, is the as the finality of his arc. That's about as, enough of what you need. Yeah, because I don't think Logan. Because as much as I, I also, love Logan, I also don't like the Wolverine that much. It's all right. Yeah, it's better than Origins. Uh, I don't know. I put them on the same tier. Yeah. yeah. Or would you? Yeah. Which is below X Men Two and X Men One, probably. Uh huh. But above, uh, above, like all of the garbage movies: Apocalypse, Dark Phoenix, Dark Phoenix. I don't think Three is as bad as people think it is. I don't think Three is as bad as people think it is either. That's yeah. another. That's another great example of the ones where people are like, "Oh, he's so fucking dated Dark Phoenix," like. It's a it's a it's a fine adaptation of that story. It not only is it a fine adaptation of that story, but people like as an X Men fan, yeah, I understand that it's an not only is it an adaptation of 
the Dark Phoenix story. It's an adaptation of the Dark Phoenix story within the confines, the of, confines what of what they've already done. Yeah, the, you can't go to the fucking moon in <laughs> X Men Three. Yeah, they don't, they're not going into space every weekend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on Star Trek, there are episodes that are like this is the worst episode of Star Trek ever. And uh-huh. you know, one of them, the the big one that gets thrown around a lot is Threshold, an episode of Voyager. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, it's fucking dumb, but it's by no means the worst episode of Star Trek ever. There are a lot of really not good episodes of Star Trek as far as like payoffs story. Uh, one that comes to mind just right off the top of my head is the child, the opener to season two where Deanna Troy has a space baby. Uh, yeah. Ian. Ian. Oh, Ian. Yes. Yeah. That is a fucking terrible episode. Every episode of Star Trek, Luxana Troy's in also terrible. Yeah. But people delude themselves. They're like, oh, they get into the, the frame set of the show. And they're like, this is uh, what the show is. I'm going to no, no, you can forgive yourself. You can. Limit what about all the bland, there. forgettable episodes? There's tons of bland, forgettable episodes, which to me are worse than same a threshold. Same. Where you're just like, absolutely the same man of the people. Which one's that? The one where the guy has the mother and then she starts fucking Deanna and makes her all old and crazy. I remember that episode though. Yeah, but it's it's pretty forgettable. Like you, can it is pretty forgettable. Forget about that pretty quick. Yeah, the episode where they all de-evolve on the ship, uh, and turn into lizard people. Yeah, the one where Beverly fucks a ghost. Beverly. Yeah, that's probably up there with the ones that people think are the worst episodes. I fucking love that episode because Just it's so wacky. Be the ghost. Because I want to be the ghost. <laughs> Like uh, Star Trek, the original series, people hate the Omega Glory, uh-huh. where Captain Kirk resolves the plot by reading the preamble to the, the Constitution. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but it's it's a fun little episode that's like a heavy handed metaphor. The Yangs and the Coms. <laughs> these people good. Those people are dark skinned and bad. These people are light skinned and good. But they also they also do a thing where like we think the Coms are the good ones at the first, but then it turns out that these people like. Are Americans somehow and Eunum? Yeah. E plebonista. That's what they say. E plebonista. We the people. We the plebs. Uh, and then Kurt, and then William Shatner does the most dramatic reading of the, Decla- of the <laughs> Constitution of the United States preamble. It's fucking incredible. We the people of the United States of America. I, it's fucking <laughs> fan. Fantastic! They should play that in schools when they're yeah. teaching you the yeah. the preamble of the Constitution. Yeah, when I see a movie, the the movie I'm thinking of when I I saw this movie and I'm watching it, and it's just the most. It was the most while I'm watching it was the most bland, unforgettable thing I had seen in a long time. The Clash of the Titans remake yeah. with Sam Worthington. Yeah, that was. I saw that in theaters. And my, it was just me and my brother. And I got home. My parents were like, hey, how was the movie? It's like, it sucked. Oh, I was so bad about it. it, was, it it's not that it was anything bad about it. There just there wasn't anything good about it. <laughs> it's, uh, the Coen Brothers fans, they're all so like uh, in love with this Coen Brothers formula. That yeah. When something like the Lady Killers rolls around, it gets shat upon. Yep. While movies like The Big Lebowski, which fucking blows, just... Uh, 
Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of the Big Lebowski. Uh, Burn After Reading. Their fans fucking ate that shit up. That movie was fucking terrible. Yeah, I like uh, Blood Simple. And I like Miller's Crossing. I like Lady Killers. Lady Killers. And Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? The only two good movies they've ever made. <laughs> Fargo. Dog shit. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Fargo. Yeah. Anyway, well, that's my issue. Uh, insular movie communities. Just let it go, man. Just let people like the movies that they like. You don't have to explain it to them. And you got to divorce yourself from like the community yeah. and say, yeah. maybe there's something here. Maybe there's a reason why Abrams Trek in 2009 got two sequels. And you're not, you don't know everything. Maybe. I don't know. But anyway, well, that's it. That's my issue. And that's our episode for this week. Uh, big thanks to Johanna from Hack the Movies yes. and Castilla versus the Pod Monster for joining us for Gabbing About Godzilla episode two. Uh, if you're interested in more, go check out Godzilla vs. Biollante. It's out on Blu-ray, and uh, you can also torrent it, which is what I did, obviously. And uh, the, the Japanese version is available on the Internet Archive, too. And, uh, yeah, yeah, Internet Archive. Archive.org. Archive.org, that's yeah. what it is. Uh, so thanks to her, and until next time, I'm Tad Burt. I'm Tim the Handlebreaker. See you next week. Here's got hotline call us at 704-750-9434 and tell us what you don't get. Or you can visit us in the Discord under voicemail upload, and we also have voicemails there. Uh, let's hop right into the voicemail line. Hey, Ted, totally relatable, your issue with your Android phone thing. You just don't have a device that lets you really have control of it, and, you know, it'd be neat if there was some free and open-source operating system that would uh, let you have your, control your device. Let me check my notes here, and the answer is, uh, air compressor. Oh, sorry, wrong, that's an old note. Um, yeah. Linux! Linux. Linux, the thing that Android phones run? I don't know. Yeah, I could I could use Cyanogen mod and that kind of thing, but then I would lose this feature, which is which the greatest is feature the, in the fucking planet. Probably. Uh, I shook my I shake my phone, karate chop my phone, and the flashlight comes on, and I karate chop my phone, and the flashlight turns off. And there are lots of apps that claim to do that. They don't the, fucking work. They don't fucking work. They I've turn tried on, them. They turn on accidentally in your pocket. The lag is unbelievable. You will like yep. you, you will chop. And it'll be a good three or four seconds yep. before the, light, the flashlight comes on. This is baked into the Motorola version of Android, which is also doesn't have all the bloatware. Android or Motorola makes some great fucking Android phones. And then the second greatest feature is that I can take the phone and twist it like this and launch the camera. And now I'm on the camera. Yeah, on my phone, all I have without, to all without unlocking the phone. If I if I back out of this the camera mode. The phone's still locked. If I turn off the can the flashlight on and off, yeah. phone's still locked. Phone's still locked. I can just pull the phone in my pocket, turn on the flashlight real quick. I need to find this thing. There we go. And turn the flashlight off. Bam. Yeah, mine doesn't have a, a gesture, second. but I can if I hit the volume down button three times when it's locked, it'll open the camera. Yeah. It takes a while, but And I've got both my phones do it. It's great. And then I can launch the camera. 
unlocks the camera on one but not the other. It's great. It also flips the camera. So if you're if you're in one, it'll flip it to the opposite one. Yeah. Absolutely no reason to load a custom ROM, which I've done before. They all suck too. And it's and and this is an issue that's baked into Android, not baked into whatever launcher I'm running. Yeah. Or Cyanogen mod type deal. Which is why you had to download a batch script. Which is why I had to download a batch script and change the Android Pro settings. Yeah. 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 You know, because Linux. It could just be a button. Hey, this is Sunny Says So, and this 30 second shit uh, sucks ass, and whoever put it on me can eat a dick. But here's what <laughs> I don't get. When did the mass majority of this country decide they wanted the country or the government actually to tell them how to behave? Fuck that. Ugh. Yeah, that's uh, pretty fucking miserable. The city council here in Tulsa, uh, the mayor went and did a press conference deal, made a press announcement. He's like, I am not going to do another mass mandate. I, mm-hmm. GT, cuckold Bynum. I'm not going to do another mask mandate. Thank you. No questions. Goodbye. And then he walked into his office and he sat down. He pulled out his phone and he called the city council or the city councilors who's pro mask and said, you need to get the city council together without getting the non mask city councilors together and pass another mask mandate. And they tried to get a little quorum of the city council together without announcing it to anyone mm. to pass a new mask mandate. Now, that would not be the mayor doing that. That would be the city council of doing course, that. Totally course. separate. He was able yeah. to not be a fucking lying shitbag piece of shit. And fortunately, the non-mask city councilors found out about it and showed up and disrupted the whole fucking thing and stopped it dead in its tracks. But that is the kind of shitty bullshit uh, that is going on where the people that complain and bitch and moan the loudest about how the government needs to do something suddenly rule over our entire fucking life because there's going to be all kinds of weird stuttering in it. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't get why people can't just take care of themselves. Mind your own fucking business. Let the world happen around you. Yep. If you want to, if you think what it is, is it admits to it admits in some like deep psychological area that you know what you're doing isn't working. Because if your mask worked, you wouldn't you would just wear need it. to wear one. So you know that it's not working. If your vaccine worked, you wouldn't need to keep wearing a mask. You wouldn't need me to wear a mask. No, you, you would just, need do, me to get you would just do the thing. My measles, mumps, rubella vaccine does not work better because you also have one. It just works. And you know, but you can't admit those types of things to yourself because if you do then you have to start to think like am i wrong about everything that i've said oh no but yeah we all we everybody wants everyone wants we don't have parents anymore that's another problem in the world mm. is that nobody takes responsibility we've divorced ourselves of all responsibility for our kids for our own lives we get sent to these fucking schools that teach nothing but compliance. And so then you hit 22 years old and you're finally out in the real world. And you have literally not had to make a single decision for yourself at any point in the last 20 in the last, since you were five, so yeah, the last yeah. 18 years of your life, you have been completely divorced from any decisions about where you're going to be at what time, what you're going to be eating. That's all just been handled for you. 
And the small amount of decision making you are able to make is usually fed into making reckless decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm going to go drink. I'm going to go do stupid things with my friends. I'm going to go put a uh, fireworks mortar into a microwave. <laughs> and those are the type, types of decisions that you're capable of. And then you fuck up your life and you go, well, someone needs to take the reins on this because I'm not doing a good job. And rather than take the personal responsibility, rather than get back on the horse, rather than be the wharf, you're just like, I'm just going to go and see if the government will bail me out of this one. I don't know. I got one last voicemail. Hey guys, uh, here's what I don't get: chicken on pizza. Um, roommate just ordered a pizza. I uh, took a little peek, see what he got on his, you know, pizza. See the topping. Maybe he got, you know, pepperoni, olive, whatever. Usually gets weird shit. Uh, chicken. He. It was just like chicken and some white sauce. And it was Caucasian really fucking sauce, weird, yeah. and it looked weird, and I don't fucking get it. Chicken Alfredo. Uh, anyways, it kind of falls on the same subject as pineapple on pizza. You don't even have to argue that. I know. I get it. I understand. It doesn't belong on pizza. Anyway. No, uh, pineapple absolutely does belong it's on pizza. It's great on pizza. If you want pineapple on your pizza, put it on your pizza. Put it on your pizza. If you don't want pineapple on your pizza, don't, don't put, it put it on, on your, your pizza. pizza. That's the great thing about pizzas. Uh-huh. Pizzas are like the way the world should work. Imagine a world where uh, you call into Pizza Hut and you're like, yes, I would like a meat lover's pizza. And they go, uh, we don't do that. You'd never call here again. You're not allowed. That would be fucking ridiculous, right? Uh-huh. If you want to put something on pizza, put it on there. Yeah. Fucking whatever. Anchovies. Anchovies. I don't like olives or mushrooms. Mushrooms. Uh, people put them on pizzas. I just don't eat those pizzas or yeah. I pick them off. Yep. No big deal. I like a uh, Hawaiian pizza. Fucking the, the acidity and sweetness of the pineapple mixed with the like ham. It's fucking great. Yeah. I like a Hawaiian, a spicy Hawaiian. A Hawaiian basil pizza. Oh, like the one at uh, um, Hideaway. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the bomb has has uh, pineapple on it in that balsamic drizzle. It's yeah, it's the one. With, it's got pineapple, ham, basil, balsamic drizzle. Yeah, yeah. That shit's good. It's great. Yeah. Uh, just put what like if you wanted to put crayons on your pizza, it's fine. It, it's your pizza. Yep. That's the beauty of it. Telling people what they should put and not put on their pizza, what goes on pizza and what doesn't go on pizza, that's the start to telling people that they need to fucking wear stay a mask. for a year. Yeah. Just, just let it go. Just yeah. order what you want on your pizza. Yep. If you have, if you are some kind of fucking lunatic that doesn't like cheese, feel free to order a pizza without cheese, but then order a regular fucking pizza for everybody. Like... Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think you should order these weird specialty pizzas. If you're ordering for a big group, like if it's like, oh, we're ordering for a class party or we're ordering for a loadout for a show or I'm ordering for I'm having a huge party. I'm having 30 people over. Yeah. Don't order any fucking weird shit. Half pepperoni, half cheese. As in half of them are pepperoni, half of them are cheese or whatever. You know, what, usually no, it's no, no, like, no, not even half of them cheese. Fuck cheese pizza people. I mean, because they always get, they always go like, oh, yeah, I just want a cheese pizza, uh-huh. just a plain cheese pizza. And you order the cheese pizza. And then what do you fucking see stacked up on their plate? All the fucking meat pizzas. And I got now I'm stuck with leftovers of a whole fucking cheese pizza. Fuck you. You want a cheese pizza? 
pick the pepperoni on. <laughs> I'm never ordering cheese pizza again for the rest of my fucking life. No, you just a, pe- a pe- pepperoni, a sausage, a supreme. Yep. Uh, uh, a bacon. I've seen a mushroom a, a thrown Canadian in there. Bacon. Instead of cheese pizza, mushroom pizza. Yeah. For the vegetarians. Just, just like one of all your most common pizzas. Maybe yep. a meat lovers. I've, I worked with, uh, I worked to get them out with someone that didn't eat pork on film stuff. Yeah. And I'd get order, I'd order a pizza mm-hmm. and I knew he didn't eat pork. So I said, Hey, what do you want on the pizza? Yeah. It can also be a communal decision about what goes on the pizza. Yeah. But chicken, chicken's pretty good on pizza because it absorbs the flavors of everything around it yeah. and then magnifies it. I like a buffalo chicken pizza. Yeah, as long as they don't put the barbecue sauce as the sauce of the pizza. That shit's fucking disgusting. I don't mind that, but I I understand your beef with it. Uh, well, number one is that there's way too much of it. Yeah, usually. And, and number two is that barbecue sauce is not that good. <laughs> Most, like I said, I understand your the beef. Big, with the it. big difference is I like a little bit of bar the barbecue sauce to whatever I'm eating ratio is has to be like you like, like to control it 30, 30, 30, 70. 70. Yeah. yeah, just a you just need a little bit of barbecue sauce, just add a little bit of flavor and moisture. Yeah. But people would be like, I'm having a chopped brisket sandwich. Let me take this bottle of barbecue sauce, dump half of it up in there, spur, yeah. spin it all around, and put it on there. Just like you just need a swirl, you just need yeah. a little bit. Enjoy the taste of the fucking meat, you fucking philistine. If you wanted the taste of barbecue sauce, just pop that fucking lid off, drip a straw in there, and suck it out of there like the fucking invalid moron you are. You, know you diabetes-riddled, fat, hick, backwoods <laughs> piece of shit. A chicken-bacon pizza? Chicken-bacon is a great combination. Yep. I've done that one from... We we order pizzas once a month from movie Maybe, night. yeah. Uh, and usually, like, it's in a rotation as to who buys it. And whoever buys it usually puts together the order. Just well, we usually do, like, a meat lovers and something else. Something else. And usually in that... What, usually what I do is I don't even do the meat lovers. I'll just do, like, the three topping ones. And I'll yeah, do, and like, split this it up. One's, this one's going to be uh, mm-hmm. pepperoni, uh, Italian sausage, and bacon. And this one's going to be chicken and uh, meatballs and something else. Yeah, yeah. And split just, it up. Just split it up. So it's two meat lovers pizzas, but yeah. different flavor profiles. Yes. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to pizza, I'll eat... I mean, I've ha- I've had veggie pizzas I've liked. Yeah. Where it's just vegetables on there. Yeah. Yep. There's there. Uh, Andalise had one for a long time that was really good, but it had eggplant on it, and instead of eggplant, we would put uh, Canadian bacon. Mm. And just swap those two. Yeah. It was pretty good. I don't remember what the pizza was called though. We had it when we after we won the game show. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. That's all I remember. Andalini's does their buffalo chicken pizza weird. Yeah, they do. They they like do a, like a fat ass chicken tender and then cut it into strips, all fried and yeah. crusty, and Ooh. then put that on the pizza and then put bar put barbecue sauce on top, not bar, uh, buffalo sauce on top. It's real odd. You know, that's a weird pizza place. I'll tell you what's a weird pizza is the macaroni and cheese pizza at CC's Pizza. I don't understand that. I don't understand it either. That's pasta on. It's just it's carbs and ch- it's and it's cheese. a toast sandwich. Yeah. Uh, but people love it. And the great thing about CeCe's is when I see that one on the buffet, I'm like, all right, what's the next one? Uh-huh. What's the next one? What's the next one? Live they they used to do that taco pizza. Gross. I kind of liked that as a kid. I wanted one of those, but I wanted it uncut, just folded into one big taco and I'll eat there that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Just just pizza and let pizza. That should be the world, man. Yep. That's that's a great motto for everything in life. You want to drive a hybrid? Drive a hybrid. Yeah. Let me drive. Just my don't not force everyone else to yeah. drive hybrids. You want to fuck dudes in the butt? Fuck dudes in the butt. You want to get fucked in the dude butt by dudes? Get fucked in the butt by dudes. I don't want to do that. I don't want to fuck any butts. Anyway, well, that's it. Those are our voicemails. Thanks everybody for calling in. Be sure, be sure to support the show on uh, Patreon. Swing over to the YouTube page and give the God, the Gab about Godzilla episode a like. Maybe watch it a second time if you want. Uh, we had a good time. And uh, until next time, hasta luego. <laughs>